Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Command Zone Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Weeks. I'm another one of your hosts, Jimmy Wong. You know him. <laughs> it Does he been Josh even Lee need Kwai? to say it, it at this point? It could have been Josh Lee Kwai. That's true. It could have been. He sounds just like me. <laughs> <laughs> murders at Karlov Manor. It's almost here. Multiple murders. Yeah. It's not good. Karlov Manor is going through something. <laughs> yeah. What? I would never invite anyone to Karlov Manor in general. Uh-uh. I'm not staying uh, there. Are you kidding me? Yeah. It's, got it's haunted. Go- it's ghouls. Um, <laughs> bunch of new legendary creatures. So you know what time it is. It's time to drive to work and talk about the most powerful commanders. Mm-hmm. We're showcasing the best. We really chose the very specific best this time around. Not a wider swath like usual, right? Yeah. So we we really narrowed it down. We're trying to cover the sets uh, with a little bit more efficiently. So we have time to give you gameplay feedback and... And, uh, you know, do other kinds of podcast episodes <laughs> rather than set reviews. So uh, we've condensed our schedule. So all of the commanders that we're going to talk about, we are talking about today or we're talking about in a pre-con upgrade. We will be upgrading all of those decks as well. Very cool. Speaking of pre-con upgrades, speaking of commanders, speaking of mm-hmm. cards that you may want to get, head on over to our sponsor, cardkingdom.com slash command. It's, a, it's so easy. Just type it into your browser bar, your Save iPhone, your phone, it. your Android, whatever it is, bookmark it. Get there because just tapping that link puts you on the card kingdom, puts you on the card kingdom website, kiddo. <laughs> <laughs> and from there, you can do whatever you want. You can investigate a murder by getting a clue, by buying one of the brand new clue commanders. Or you can just buy a pre-con or a booster box or the new play boosters, which come yeah. out with MKM, mm-hmm. or any of the commanders we talk about today, or upgrade your deck, or build a deck from scratch, or sell your cards at Card Kingdom. I could do so much more in talking about Card Kingdom, but the best way to experience it is just by going to the website yourself. You support the show when you do so. You also get the cards you need to come to you in one convenient package. That can't be said enough. CardKingdom.com slash command. We've trusted them for almost a decade now with our cards. And for good reason, they're a great retailer. They're an amazing business. uh, And we, the show, get supported as well when you use the product so that you can watch more of this content. So cardkingdom.com slash command. No brainer. 
Absolutely. And once those cards are in your hand, you're going to need to protect them. Go to ultrapro.com slash command for the highest quality magic accessories in the business. They've got deck boxes and sleeves, play mats, dice, wall scrolls, everything that you need to be a well-accessorized gamer. Ooh. I like UltraPro because I like that they have the magic licensed art. So they have the art that we know and love from magic cards already. Plus mm-hmm. they have really safe, clean, easy to use products. Like I like yeah. their deck boxes, especially when I'm traveling, which we'll talk about in a second, because I know that my decks are going to be safe when I arrive on the other side. Yeah. Plus you can get sweet play mats and you can get the matching wall scrolls. You can decorate your game room. UltraPro truly has it all. If you're a magic gamer, which you probably are if you're listening to this or any other kind of gamer D&D who stumbled Pokemon, on this podcast Yu-Gi-Oh. is not a magic player I don't oh, know yeah, true you can play Pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh yeah. a lot of the products work for that as well absolutely and you can pick up those cards you can support your collection your cards while you're supporting the show over at ultrapro.com slash command and guess what? When you're traveling, we will be soon. February 23rd is Game Nights Live Chicago at MagicCon Chicago. 23rd, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah, want to get know. there. It's at 4 p.m. That's the Friday of the convention. The convention runs Friday, Saturday, Sunday. A lot of people get there on Saturday and go, when's Game Nights Live? It's like, it happened yesterday. So if you can, try and get out there early on Friday. Get a seat. Game Nights Live. We're featuring a guest. None other than the professor of Telerian Community College, his first ever MagicCon appearance and his first ever appearance on the big stage with us. I'm so us. excited. It's, it's going to be, be wild. Incredible. It's going to be, yeah, wild is right. The show is oh. so fun. Get your tickets now if you don't have it already. You don't need additional tickets to go to Game Nights Live. As long as you can be on the floor on Friday, you can come see the show. Just yep. make sure you get there early, get your seats. Uh, I think this is going to be a big one. It may be one of our most entertaining shows ever because the professor is an absolute wild card and there's nothing like a, a thousand people screaming, yelling like they're at a wrestling tournament at what is happening on stage with yeah. the plays, telling people that they've missed a trigger, your dream come true commenters. So you get to live that dream out, MagicCon uh, Chicago, February 23rd to 25th. Game Nights Live is on February 23rd at 4 p.m. We recommend getting there at least 30 minutes, if not more, just attend the prior panel, and then you can find a seat in the audience. It's going to be a good one. The final way that you can support us is directly over at patreon.com slash command zone. If you become a patron, you directly support the content, the making of this podcast of Game Nights of Extra Turns. Plus, you get some perks like access to Extra Turns and Game Nights a day early without ads. Nice. We've been uh, interviewing, not interviewing, but we've been polling our uh, patrons for podcast episodes to see what the community thinks about different things. So if you want to be a part of that conversation, if you want us to get access to stuff a day early, or you want to get shouted out like we do every single podcast Aha. episode, become a patron. And this uh, this episode is dedicated to, to Jacob Little. Little. You rock. You rock, Jacob. Not just cool. a little bit. A lot of bit. A lot of bit. Stuart Little rocked, too. I'm sure you've never heard that before. <laughs> um, all right, so let's talk about our main topic here, the most powerful commanders from Murders at Karlov Manor. Like we said before, we're not doing every single commander. There's just too many to cover, and a lot of times, a lot of the commanders have already got another version of that type of thing that exists. Mm-hmm. So we're doing the ones that are most powerful, most intriguing, most brutal yeah. and most impactful or just the most unique from Murders at Karlov Manor. Yeah, we tried to pick the ones that are going to resonate with the most people. So hopefully we're talking about the commander that you want to talk about today. If we're not talking about it, we may be talking about it in the pre-con upgrades. Uh, if not, throw a comment down below and uh, we'll start the discussion yeah. on what to what to put in that deck. All righty. Here we go. The first one up is... Much anticipated. Mole God. <laughs> 
I didn't realize it was a god. It's god of moles. How is this at murders of Carl? Like murders at Karlov Manor. It's like intrigue, clues. He comes mole from, god. from beneath the house. It's Ansrog the Quake Mole. His claws tear at the foundation of civilization. That's <laughs> very gruel. Two, a red and a green, very legendary mole god. He's an 8-4, pretty nice. good for four mana. Whenever Ansrog becomes blocked, untap each creature you control. After this combat phase, there is an additional combat phase. Oh, must Interesting. be blocked. Eh? And then is has an activated ability that costs three red, red, green, green, so seven mana right. altogether. Uh, it says Ansrog must be blocked each combat this turn if able. Each combat. So assuming that he's going to get blocked, or they're going to get blocked, mm. who knows, and then they're going to attack again. That's a lot of mana, but it's very, very powerful. Yeah. The first thing that we want to ensure is that people are blocking, because your opponents don't want to take eight. They have no interest in taking eight commander damage. Maybe one time, right? but then you risk getting double-striked and bumped and dead, right? So it's... I, I can definitely see not blocking the first time that you attack with your commander, because you're like, well, if I block, then you're just going to attack, attack again. again. Yeah. And you can attack again with the 8-4, so I'm just going to get hit again. Yeah. So I could see not blocking that first one, and we really, really want players to block that mole. So the first thing we're going to talk about is forced blocks. Cards like Lure, yeah. which is an aura that says all creatures able to block enchanted creature do so. It's yep. only for one green green, so you're saving four mana on that activation. Yeah, I don't think... <laughs> Generally, if you're activating Anzrag's ability, that's, you're not in a great spot. You don't want that to happen. It's seven mana. It's going to be your whole turn. And mm. it's, he's an 8-4 too, right? So they might just die on the second mm. attack because they, you know, they can take four damage total and just kaput. Yeah, so I, I think trying to cheapen that ability that we know is so powerful with this commander is a really big deal. And there's lots of cards that do this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tempting Licid is a really interesting creature version of it where you pay a green, tap it, and it loses this ability and becomes an aura enchantment like Lure and then it attaches to a target creature and then you can pay green at any time to basically unattach it. And it says, mm-hmm. same thing, all creatures able to block enchanted creatures do so. What I like about Tempting Licit is it gets around the downside of auras where you're like, if I lose the creature, I also lose the aura. Uh, yeah, like yeah. before your commander dies, you could pay the green to pop off the Licid mm-hmm. and then you keep your Licid for next time that you recast the mole. Yeah, I like that a lot. Armed and Dangerous is a very uh-huh. sweet gruel fuse spell, so you can cast one or the other or both of these spells. Armed says target creature gets plus one, plus one, and gains double strike until end of turn. One shot. Amazing. Uh, that one's a sorcery. Dangerous is four mana and a sorcery. All creatures able to block target creature this turn do so. Wow. So giving it first strike is nuts here because... Mm. You pay six mana total, you get both armed and dangerous, this becomes a 9-5 double striking, must be blocked. Yeah. Every single time this attacks, and if your opponent has, you know, a bunch of creatures that can block it, well, guess what? They're going to lose them one after another. You're going to house them. I mean, they're going to have to put every creature they have blocking just it. Try. And you, yeah, and you yeah. can take out, you know, eight, no, no nine, nine power, nine toughness worth of creatures in that first strike. Yeah. And probably the rest on the second. This is like, if they have this in their hand and get to cast it, it's mm-hmm. a really dangerous situation for the opponents. Yeah, and this is the type of deck that runs your unnatural growths, that mm-hmm. doubles the power and toughness, mm-hmm. or the Zopandral. Hunger Dominus, yeah. right? So it's going to be really difficult once you get first strike on this because it lasts that turn. And again, you just yeah, need that's a double strike. You need a double strike. You mm-hmm. just need a juicy board to launch up. Yeah. 
This next one I love and I've played before. It's called Invasion Plans. <laughs> this it's is an a, oldie. It's an oldie. It's two and a red for an enchantment. It says, all creatures block each combat a fable. Yikes. Right. And then the attacking player chooses how each creature blocks each combat. Whoa. So now you get to do the blocking. You can ensure your commander gets blocked. You can assure there isn't enough to kill, kill it this it, combat. Yeah. Maybe guarantee yourself a third combat after that. Yeah. And it applies to all of your creatures. Yeah, if you swing like a 1-1 one, one and your commander, you can say, all right, everything that can't kill my commander goes on that 1-1 one, one mm-hmm. to block it. Yeah. And then I signed very specifically enough for this first strike or whatever your commander is buffed to at that mm-hmm. point to murder them all. Really, really good. Uh, you have an invasion plan, and it's coming from beneath the earth. <laughs> yeah, it's cool because Andra kind of works as single target removal in a lot mm-hmm. of ways with these effects when you're able to choose the blockers. Yeah. Now, obviously, Andrake might die. Four toughness is not that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's sometimes two drops that have four toughness. Like a bear could kill him. Which uh, would be a four, they would need four power. Well, there are bears that are four twos. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Nice. They just have extra long claws. Right, right, right. And if there's one thing a quake mole fears, it's a bear. It's a bear. Definitely. Yeah. So once you have lured the the mole, you're going to want to protect it. So obviously, there's a lot of different ways to do so. We mentioned one kind of with armed and dangerous mm-hmm. where you can give it double strike, which is in a way protection. But there also just is indestructible stuff. So I really like Mithril Coat from Mm -hmm. uh, the Lord of the Rings set. It's a flash three-man equipment. When it enters the battlefield, you can attach it to target legendary creature you control, and it gives it indestructible. So you skip the equip cost of three the first time you play it. And once it's on, it's probably going to stay on there for a while. People will have to use a premium removal spell to really kill Andrag. Yeah, the interesting thing about if you have indestructible and alert, now you have basically as many combats as there are creatures that survive Mm. on the board. Because they have to put everything in front of it. Yeah. And then you can kill all that stuff and you get an extra combat. Oh. And they have to put everything in front of it and he's not dying. So indestructibility gives you like easily two extra combats. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which means that cards Wild. like Gaia's Gift, which is just uh, like a trick that gives it indestructible. No, just that trample, hexproof, indestructible, and reach. Well, oh the reach God. doesn't really matter. But, but trample combined with ind- indestructibility here is enormous. Yeah. That's basically how you are. You potentially could kill someone mm. in one turn, um, obviously with the double strike and stuff too. Um, cards like Hajar, Loyal Bodyguard, is just this red-green legendary creature. You can sack it to give legendary creatures plus one, plus one, indestructible. Just a nice trick to have on board. It's like selfless spirit, mm-hmm. but you don't have white, obviously, so there are ways to do it in red-green. A new Doctor Who card, last night together. One. Choose two target creatures, untap them, put two 1-1 one, one counters on each of them. They gain Vigilance, Indestructible, and Haste until in turn. And after this main phase, there is an additional combat phase. Only the chosen creatures can attack during that combat phase. So even if it doesn't get blocked, mm-hmm. you get to swing again. Yeah. And at that point, they're like, okay, it's They're caught. like, I really am, I do have, have to, to block at some point. It's so... It becomes a 10-6. Yeah. It's going to deal 20 commander damage if you don't block, and all they need is a tiny little bump of damage to kill you, so... Onzerog puts you in a really tough position, because you're like, I do not want you to have extra turns, but I also yeah. can't not block this monstrosity. So you really just have to get it off the board as fast as possible, whether that's trading creatures for it, which mm-hmm. is difficult, or in a deck that's trying to make your commander indestructible, or it's spending a premium removal spell on it. Yeah. Uh, another way you can protect your commander in combat is just by preventing damage done to it. Something like a Dolmen Gate is a yeah. two-mana artifact that prevents all combat damage that would be dealt to attacking creatures you control. So now, no matter how many creatures they block with it, you can kill them and you're not going to lose your mole. Yeah. Yikes. Pretty good. This is the first card for this deck for me. Dolmen Gate? The first deck for this. No, no, no. For this card. Oh, oh Obscuring Haze? It's an Obscuring Haze deck! Finally! 
It says cast obscuring haze for free. <laughs> for free, because yeah, it's one of the free spells. Um, prevent all damage that will be dealt this turn by creatures your opponents control. <laughs> so it's free. It means that you get that one big turn, which I think is what Onzark really wants. Is yeah. you build a board, you slam your commander, you probably give it haste, try and protect it, protect it somehow, and then use that obscuring haze to just take six combats. Yeah. And the cool thing is you can attack one opponent. There are other creatures to block with. I turn my attention to the next one. Mm-hmm. The haze is still obscured. <laughs> it's all in the same or, turn. I guess the haze is obscuring. There's a really cool one, no quarter, which mm-hmm. is like destroying the blockers before the damage even gets through, which is three and a red for an enchantment. Whenever any creature blocks or is blocked by a creature with lesser power, destroy the creature with the lesser power. I love this one because if they put a bunch of creatures in front of it, it just die. kills all their things with power less than eight immediately. Yeah, lure and no quarter. That's vicious. Of course, this is downside. Like if if somebody attacks you and you chump block, like mm. your creature gets destroyed immediately. But you have an eight for it and you're trying to stomp. And you were chumping anyway, right? Exactly. So, yeah. You're not chumping. You're murdering. Yeah, you ain't no chump, kiddo. Uh, that's why Embercleave is great. Mm-hmm. Obviously, again, it gives that double strike. And trample as well, and come out of nowhere, mm-hmm. which is kind of what Andrag does. Is just like out of nowhere, like boom, you're dead. Boom, I hit you for sixteen. Boom, mm. I'm gonna murder, murder, murder. Anything that doubles power at the beginning of combat, which we alluded to earlier, like with a Zapandrel or an unnatural growth, yeah. that says literally at the beginning of each combat, double the power and toughness of Ooh. each creature you control until end of turn. So now, if the first attack didn't kill your commander when it was a 16-8, mm. now it's going to be a 32-16. Oh my gosh, because it's each combat. It's each you combat. It doubles combat. again and again and again. So it's Ooh. getting more and more difficult. And like more damage is getting marked on it, but also your toughness is doubled. Yeah, and that's when you want to make sure it has trample or you mm. even get lifelink on it. There's a lot of different things you can do. I really like this next one, two-handed axe. So it's an adventure equipment. You can cast the adventure side for one in a red, and it just gives a creature double strike until end of turn. Nice. Mm-hmm. And then the equipment is three mana equipped for one in a red. Whenever a creature attacks, double its power until end of turn. Whenever it attacks, again, similar to unnatural growth. Bigger. 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 bigger, bigger stronger. Bigger. Faster. It doesn't double its toughness, so it's not quite as good. But with that double strike in the beginning, the combination is incredible. Yeah, and there's going to be other ways to give your creatures double strike in this Mm. deck anyway, like Fire Shrieker, all that good stuff. The other thing that you want to combine, of course, with extra combats is other creatures that are good at attacking. Yeah, you don't want Anzrak to be the only thing attacking in your board. Right, because we're trying to get him blocked. Yeah. So we want everything else to run around the sides and get damage. Damage. Uh, So attack triggers, because you're going to get a lot of combats, right? Uh, something like a Tali Primal Storm is always good in this deck. The haste is incredible. The attack trigger is really powerful. Every extra combat you have is more and more value from a Tali. Yeah, so good. Uh, Delina Wild Mage allows you to create tapped and attacking versions of your commander. Like, oh my god. Oh boy. Now there's two of them attacking you, and you're like, I have to... T- <sighs> and if you roll 15 through 20, one in four chance you get to roll again and keep making more. That's cool. That's so dangerous. The best thing about it with Delina is it's really hard to block Delina when you're being attacked with two eight fours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you can also Mithril Coat Delina. There's mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there there's go. other things you can do because you already have the double strike effects in there, so you're pretty safe to attack in general. Because double her power and toughness. Yeah, it's like you're putting them in a really tough choice. Would, do I block the commander and maybe die to something? Do I try and kill this creature that's doing this thing? But they're going to have combat tricks. It's going to be rough. 
<laughs> I like Clouth Unrivaled Ancient yeah, in one. this deck. I've always liked this card. It's five red and a green for a dragon. He's a 4-4 flying haste. When he attacks, add X mana in any combination of colors, where X is the total power of attacking creatures. Spend this mana cool. only to cast spells. Until end of turn, you don't lose this mana as steps and phases end. So unfortunately, you can't pump this into your commander's ability because right. you can only use it to cast spells. But this is really good with your like instant speed tricks. This is really good with casting creatures post-combat. Mm -hmm. This is a ton of mana that you can figure out how to use, probably equipments and that kind of thing. Yeah, or like fling. Fling! That you rules. Kazul's Fury, all that sort of stuff. Instant speed tricks are going to be a big deal in this deck because you're already saying like... Yeah, and you don't have a main phase between the combats, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. When uh, the command becomes blocked, it untaps and there's an immediate combat phase again. Right. So that's why things that say at the beginning of combat on your turn are really good. Kamal, Heart of Krosa, and Xenagos, God of Revels. Same with, we talked about natural growth, but these mm -hmm. are just more ways to double effect. Mm -hmm. Plus, 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 plus. Kamal's great because it gives trample and similarly so does Xenagos. Does it? Nope, it gives it haste. Sorry. Still good. Still good. Texas but it is doubles. 16 4. <laughs> yeah, 16 8. 16 8, it doubles toughness too? Oh, plus X plus X. No, no, it gets. Where X is that creature's power. power yeah, so it gets oh, plus 8, so it gets 16 12. That's really good. And then you do it again, it becomes a 24 20. <laughs> is out of control so fast. Yeah, it's gruel, right? And yeah. they, they've really, like, I thought my red-green deck I was playing at lunch today was the yeah. fast one. This one is like, woo, boy, here we go. <laughs> and it's only four, man. Yeah, it was Ragged Dragon. So if it dies, like, you just, you're like, LOL, yeah, I'll cast LOL. For six. Yeah, I have green, by the way. Yeah. Red, I could play a Dockside, a Jessica's Will, a mm -hmm. Mana Geyser. There's a lot of ways to pump out huge mana in these decks, too. The biggest thing with this creature is making sure you have a board to support the extra combats when you can swing with your commander. Yeah. Because um, yeah. extra combats only do so much when you're only attacking with your commander. Bingo. They're still good, but... Or was it Kablamo? Blamo. Blamo! Blamo! That is the Blamo commander of the ones we talked about today. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the next one we are talking about has been spoiled for a while. It's uh, your favorite and mine. Aurelia, the law above. Three red and a white for a legendary angel. She's a 4-4 with flying, vigilance, and haste. Whew. It says, whenever a player attacks with three or more creatures, you draw a card. Whenever a player attacks with five or more creatures, Aurelia deals three damage to each of your opponents, and you gain three life. So any player, if you have another mm -hmm. player that's playing a token go wide deck, you're going to benefit from it. But mostly, you're going to want to be triggering this yourself. Yeah, I, I want to talk a little bit about this commander because it's nice. You can include Aurelia in your count. Totally. So she counts as one of your attacking creatures and she's flying in vigilance. So it's and haste. It's, and, and haste. So it's a pretty free attack. Yeah. Um, but it is going to be very difficult to get to five if you're not in a dedicated token strategy. Right. I sort of like this deck not as a token deck, like as a as a go wide deck, because like the payoff for five isn't that much better. No. I think as you get to three, you're and killing you're drawing, them already. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you're getting to three and you're drawing that card, that'll allow you to keep putting pressure on while still attacking with like powerful evasive uh, mm -hmm. creatures. So this first category of cards are just stuff that is easy to attack with. Yeah. Small um, little flyers in white. Who would have thunk it? Remorseful Cleric is a great hate bear for getting rid of someone's graveyard, but it's also just a 2-1 flyer for two. Yep. Selfless Spirit is similar. Uh, it's a 2-1 flyer for two that you can sack it and give your board indestructible. Yeah. So I like utility these. pieces. I love them attack. in either, like in basically any white deck. Yeah. They yeah. wear equipment really, really well. They're easy to attack with with your commander. And they're super they have, selfless. Yeah they're, yeah. they're just good guys. And remorseful, so maybe not so good. <laughs> <laughs> he, well, he wasn't They're a good really guy a anymore. They're really a great pair together, right? A remorseful cleric and a selfless spirit. I forget the name of remorse, remorseful cleric 
all the time because I'm like, is it self? It's not selfless spirit, but it's like that. Yeah, it's like that. Do you hold any remorse over it? No, I, I, you know, someday I'll remember him. Maybe when he's alive again. A remorseful cleric and a selfless spirit float into a bar. (laughs) (laughs) The next one, like a category of things that you could include are just repeatable token Mm. creators. I really like Urbresk's Forge with this deck. Oh gosh, this card in Limited was so ridiculous. I think in Commander it's kind of a beating as well. Yeah, it gets bigger each time. So at the beginning of combat in your turn you put an oil counter out, then you make an X one where X is equal to the oil counters and then it has trample and haste Mm -hmm. and then you sacrifice that token at the next end step and you keep doing this every turn. So it's a 1-1 but it attacks for free because it's going to die anyway. And then 2-1, 3-1, 4-1, Uh-oh, I better start blocking these things. 6-1, yeah. 7-1. <laughs> and in Commander, that is a slow clock. But what I like about it is it's a disposable token that gives you a free attack, gets you to 3 easily, and nobody wants to remove your Urbresk Forge. No! But also, nobody wants to be hit by your Urbresk Forge, yeah, which is like yeah. kind of my favorite card to have around. Yeah. It's like, that is annoying, and I would like that to stop. But yeah, I'm well, not I, willing to remove it. <laughs> I just hope it goes somewhere else, which yeah. is like how I play Commander. It's like, I don't want to deal with that slash I can't please just point it somewhere else yeah exactly and obviously you want to protect combat similar to Anzrag right you don't want things to be dying so Audric Lunark Marshall is the thing that gives everyone the things that you have on your board it's the thing giver yeah, yeah so. all the keywords luckily your commander has three great keywords yeah so flying vigilance haste and Audric will grant that to the board mm-hmm. which is pretty good uh, flying and vigilance is just almost guaranteed you will have someone to swing at yeah so it opens up your attacks a whole lot. Uh, yeah. I think Audric is great in any deck that has a commander with multiple keywords, but these keywords are particularly good. And I love this one. Huge. Uh, it's Reconnaissance. So this is a weird little enchantment we've talked about a lot. It's a single white for an enchantment with an activated ability that's zero colon, remove target attacking creature you control from combat and untap it. So this card can be used after blocks. Yeah, after blocks to be like, "Ooh, you blocked with a big thing. Never mind. I'm going to bring it back." Mm-hmm. This can be used after damage is dealt because there's still another after. There's an end of combat phase after damage. Before you leave combat, you can use your reconnaissance to untap all your creatures. So minimum, it gives all your creatures vigilance, and then it saves them from scary blocks. Yeah, because you want to attack with three creatures, maybe even five. Mm-hmm. And when it's like, "Darn, if I do this, I'm going to lose two of them next turn. I won't have them around." Mm-hmm. Reconnaissance lets you save that. Really, really powerful. Yeah, super good. Frontline Medic is also really good. Two and a white for a 3-3 with Battalion. When it and at least two other creatures attack, they gain Instructable until end of turn. And then you can just sack it to counter a spell with X and its mana cost unless the control pays three. Won't really become relevant, but it's one of those like, oh, did you know? Gotcha. Yeah, type whoops, effects. you forgot this. But really, you want this to attack with your commander, mm-hmm. and it will give everything Indestructible. You don't even need to worry about removing it from combat. Gives you those free attacks. Yeah. Again, if you want to maximize your commander's value, you really want your opponents to be attacking as well. Uh, Force them into the fray with you uh, because your commander says a player. So I think Mm -hmm. one of my favorite goat spells uh, in existence currently is Taunt from the Rampart. Yeah. So it's a brand new one from Lord of the Rings. Aragorn being like, come at me, bro. Three red, white, goat, all creatures your opponents control until your next turn those creatures can't block. <laughs> can't attack you and, and they can't, can't block, block and you're like draw a card Yikes. draw a card draw a card draw a card thank you I'll untap everyone has taken a ton, ton of, damage of damage and they can't point. block yeah they couldn't block anyone that was amazing really really good in this deck disrupt decorum is going to be great as well also good, good to draw you those cards yeah 
Getting those blockers out of the way is such a big deal. Life of the Party, this hilarious one from Capanna. <laughs> I love this card. This card's great. Three in a red for a zero, one first strike, trample, and haste. You're like, what the heck? Audric loves this, by the way. Mm-hmm. Whenever Life of the Party attacks, it gets plus X plus O, where X is the number of creatures you control. So probably three, minimum. When Life of the Party enters the battlefield, if it's not the token, each opponent creates a token that's a copy of it, and they're goaded for the rest of the game. Everyone gets a Life <laughs> of the Party. They all become huge. They all start swinging at everyone else, and it's doing what your deck wants, which is having your opponents kill each other so you can kill them faster. It's pretty fun. It's pretty great. Giving, it's a, it's yeah. the Life of the Party. <laughs> <laughs> I I really like Life of the Party. I, I have it in like a weird mono-red blink deck yeah. where you can just keep giving them more tokens. Oh my gosh. Go. That's hilarious. It's so dumb. Yeah, because they bump each other's t- yeah. uh, power up too. Wow. And then they kill your opponents and you're then you're facing down an army of tokens that you gave them. Oh no. You just play any of those, deal one damage to each creature you yeah, have control yeah, spell. And <laughs> the party's over. The party is <laughs> over now. Now it's time for me to kill you. Yeah. This card is great in the deck. It's Curse of the Nightly Hunt. Two in a red for an aura curse. Enchant player, creatures enchanted player controls, attack each combat at Fable. Oh, such a brutal thing for it's someone so that just is trying to build a little utility board. No, this yeah. is my creature that Fight. does this. Like, no, you got to swing now. <laughs> uh, and sometimes there's just one unlucky player that's just like, uh-oh, I can't block anything. Yeah. I just took 16, uh, yeah. and I think I'm going to get attacked next turn, too. Similarly, Fumiko, the low blood, uh, forces your opponents into its creatures your opponents control. Attack each combat if able. She's also a pretty good blocker because she has Bushido X, where X is the number of attacking creatures. Yeah. So a lot of these cards, again, they work really well in Andrag as well because it's mm. getting blockers out of the way. Yeah. Master Warcraft is a classic Boros card. It's, it's awesome. two and then two Boros to so four mana for an instant. Cast a spell only before the attackers are cleared. You choose which creatures attack this turn and you choose which creatures block this turn and how those creatures block. Cool. So you can do it on your turn to give yourself really good blocks, make your opponent do poor blocks on you, or you can just use it against two players and have them wipe each other out. Pretty sweet. Yep. If you're forcing people into combat, it's always nice to have like a ghostly prison or something around just yeah. to be like, you have to attack and it's inconvenient to attack me. Yeah. You do want to attack with your creatures, so keeping up a defense is not always easy unless you know your whole board has vigilance or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you don't want to force your opponents into combat, you could also gently encourage them to go to combat. Please fight. I would like you to fight a little bit uh, <laughs> over the initiative. Ah, the initiative, not a dungeon. Nah. The initiative. <laughs> White Bloom Adventure comes in and and launches the initiative into play. It's a very powerful effect that your opponents can take if they deal combat damage to the player that has it. Mm-hmm. So once like somebody takes it from you, you can take it from them. There's going to be a little bit of value just encouraging your opponents to go to combat. Yeah. It's pretty fun. Uh, Court of Grace introduces the monarch to the system, and if they don't take it back, you get to make some sweet 4-4s. Mm-hmm. Emberwild Captain, whenever an opponent attacks you while you're the monarch, Emberwild Captain deals damage to that player equal to the number of cards in their hand. So it also is just helping you accelerate the game pace. It's like mm-hmm. Life of the Party or any of those cards. I love that card. Curse of Opulence is a great cheap one. You can enchant one of your opponents. You can enchant yourself as mm-hmm. a weird defensive piece. And when they attack them, they get a gold, and so do you. Again, any incentive to just send your, you have your opponents send anything into combat is going to be a big deal. Yeah, I like that. Combat Calligrapher is similar. That's Inklings can't attack you or Planeswalkers you control. And whenever <laughs> a player attacks one of your opponents, that attacking player creates a tapped 2-1 white and black Inkling creature token with flying that's attacking that opponent. Who doesn't want free 2-1s? Free 2-1s. For attacking your opponents. Yeah. They can't attack you unless somebody removes your bird, so be careful. I'm down for it. It's also tech against an ink shield. (laughs) (laughs) 
Love that. Just been looking for that anti-ink shield card my whole career. Uh, yeah, but I like Aurelia a lot. Uh, she's definitely above the other Aurelias in a lot of ways. I think you still put in the other ones, like the double yeah. combat and mm-hmm. stuff, just because, you know, you want to be the full Aurelia-themed deck. Boros Lying haste is huge. Yeah, Boros obviously needs interesting things, and this is an interesting commander. Yeah. Um, it's a little straightforward, but you do get to draw cards in Boros. You have card draw in the command zone, and it pays you off for doing like more controly things like goad. Um, yeah. And not just, I mean, it does reward you for attacking, of course, but it doesn't mandate attacking. It could be more of a combat control type of deck. Yep. All right, moving this next on. This one is sick. We are just red whiting it up right now. I but know. this time with the mono white commander, it's Delny, Streetwise Lookout. Two and white for a 2 2 legendary human scout. Creatures you control with power two or less can't be blocked by creatures with power three or greater. The little boys can't be blocked by big boys. Because they're doing the streetwise looking out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, If an ability of a creature you control with power two or less triggers, that ability triggers an additional time. Doble triggers. So if you're doing what we did, we went straight to Scryfall and looked for white creatures with power two or less. With ETBs. With ETBs. Or any trigger. Uh, This first one is not an ETB, but it does trigger a lot. It's Esper Sentinel. Yeah, doubling the card draw you get off of this. Yeah. What? We think of Esper Sentinel as something that can only trigger once each turn because it only triggers on the first spell. But if you double that trigger, you you will get two triggers. So they will either have to pay one twice or... Or you could draw up to two cards. Which is really good for a one-mana spell in a mono-white deck that needs card draw. Yeah. It's probably as good as it gets. So there's a lot of creatures that have double, that have amazing enter the outfield abilities that all they have to do is just have two power or less. Karmic Guide is insane. Mm-hmm. When it ATBs, you reanimate a creature from the graveyard to the battlefield. You get to do that twice now. Solemn Simulacrum in white. You get to two lands. Mm-hmm. I like that. Skyclave Apparition is one of the first ones that I thought of. It enters the battlefield and exiles a non-land, non-token permanent you don't control with yeah. a mana cost four or less. So you can pick off two things to remove a soul oh. ring and a creature, and it puts two tokens underneath that. So when the Skyclave gets removed or leaves the battlefield, you will give them a little treat back, but not what they lost. Not what they lost, yeah. <laughs> Lauren of the Third Path can blow up t- up to two artifacts or enchantments. Artifact or enchantment. Two enchantments, two artifacts. Pretty good. Soul Warden, Soul Sister decks are going to gain twice the amount of life. That's so much life. It's That's absurd. so much life. Yeah, so this deck has a ton of staying power. And it's very similar to the Elish Norn Mother of Machines deck mm-hmm. that Josh played on game nights that just shut down everyone at the table. Because now you're just going to get double the double the double, the double, the double. You get a lot of triggers. If yeah. a permanent entering the battlefield causes a triggered ability of a permanent control trigger, it triggers an additional time. So that's going to hit the battlefield. Psalm's going to trigger once, going to trigger twice because it's Elish Norn, and then it's going to be seen by your commander, so it's going to trigger twice or one more uh, time. One more time. time. So yeah, three, three times. times. Yeah, so yeah. not double, 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 double plus one. Yeah. Pretty good. Still, it looks very similar to an Elish Norn deck because it's really, really using those ETB things. It's going to be more based on creatures yeah. than Josh's Elish Norn deck had a lot of like Oblivion Rings and that kind yeah, of thing yeah, yeah. as well. So this is going to be a little bit blinkier rather than other permanents. But it has a very similar, like a lot of a lot of white cards that are that cheap remove creatures or like Palace Jailer some, can exile oh, yeah. two things until they take the Monarch. There's very, very powerful things that you can do with cheap creatures. Yeah. I was going to mention in yeah. the 99, if you put this into a blink deck, mm-hmm. it's going to be nuts. Wood yeah. Elves triggers twice. Snapped Caster Mage. Eternal Witness. These all trigger twice. Gray Merchant of Asphodel triggers twice. So Delny just seems like an auto-include in a lot of decks that just have a lot of small creatures that do things when they enter the battlefield. Yeah, I, I think we're going to see this a 
lot in Blink deck, so it is definitely going to have a go along with some Blink spells. The one we always mention is Ephemerate. This card's broken. It's a yeah. single white for an instant. You exile target creature you control, then return it to the battlefield under its owner's control, and it has rebound. You do it again. Two Blinks for the price of one. Pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Eerie Interlude does it for your whole board if you want to, so it's also board protection. It's pretty good until your next end step. Repeatable Blink, you got Teleportation Circle, which would do this on each end step for an artifact or a creature. Eldrazi Displacer, you just have to make sure you have that colorless mana to mm, do so, yeah. but this allows you to instant blink stuff on the creature, which is pretty good. Yeah, that's really going to be the engine of this deck. I, I think this deck is going to have a lot of power of Dirtle. Yeah. It's going to do a lot. But like a lot of white decks, especially white blink decks, it is going to have trouble closing the game without uh, having some kind of combo or mm-hmm. having some kind of like or drawing the Moonshaker Cavalry or something. Yeah, right? yeah a way to break through. So you're going to have to get a little tricksy to close out the game with this commander. One of the ones I thought of was Reverend Hoplite is a five mana like one it. two. When it enters the battlefield, you make a one one soldier for your devotion to whites. So you do that twice, make Ooh. a ton of creatures all at the same time. And then maybe you win with something like a halo fountain that says white, 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 five whites. Tap, <laughs> untap, 15, 15 tap tapped creatures. creatures you control, you win the game. Yeah. So you can attack with 15 tokens, Never seen uh, that happen. untap yeah. them, you win the game. I have actually died to a... Uh, Really? So, yes, I have. Whoa. 15 tokens in a mono white deck is not so hard. What's really cool is Angel of Destiny. So I love this. Yeah, it doubles this trigger too, mm-hmm. which is at the beginning of your end step, if you have at least 15 more life than your starting life total, each player Angel of Destiny attack this turn loses the game. Yeah, so this is... It's a... Uh, oh, it doubles it, but it doesn't matter. No, it doubles this one. Whenever a creature you oh, control right. deals, deals combat, combat damage, damage to a player. player, you and that player each gain that much life. Gotcha. So the trigger that gets doubled is its first trigger. That's mm-hmm. important. The second trigger gets doubled too, but it doesn't actually do anything. Yeah. Whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, you and that player each gain that much life. So yeah. if you hit them for 10 damage, which is possible with like your little things, and this is a, you know... a 2-6 double striker. Yeah. So that amounts for four anyway. Yeah. Uh, so you could gain 10, but now you're gaining 20, 20. each each. But of course, if your life total is 15 over, then if your Angel of Destiny dealt combat damage to that player, they die. Now they lose the game. Pretty good. Or, you, of course, you could find your Moonshaker Cavalry. Put yeah. it in and uh, buff the table and win the game. Yay! I uh, wanted to mention that this is it is likely that this deck ends with some sort of combo, as many mono-white blank decks does. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very good with Recruiter of the Guard. Because Recruiter it. can come in and search for two pieces. Mm. So I was looking for combos that were all creatures with like mm-hmm. two power or less and also two toughness or less. Uh, and I think there's Tishar loops. It's pretty easy to assemble that with just a single recruiter of the guard or of course like an enlightened tutor if you're looking yeah. for that kind of game. Yeah. Okay. Oh, this next one's so fun. It's pretty cute. It's Duskana, the Rage Mother. Two, a red, a green, and a white for a 5-5 five, five bear. Bears can be five fives. Mm-hmm. When Duskana enters the battlefield, draw a card for each creature you control with base, power, and toughness 2-2. Two, two. Like a bear. Like a bear. Whenever a creature you attack with base, power, and toughness 2-2 two, two attacks, it gets plus three, plus three until end of turn. So that's like Ragged Drago almost. That's why her toughness, that's why she's a five five. Yeah. Because she's a bear. That's she's plus the three, mother. Plus three. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Um, so this doesn't specify bears. Uh, it just sort of implies in magic slang bears. Bears, which, <laughs> which is are two, a two mana two two, yeah. Uh, so of course, Duskana is a bear with a pair of bears. So the first way that you could build this deck is bear typeal. Yeah, kindred bears. It's uh, 
I you go with all of the stuff that kind of goes in in a Eula deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's whenever another bear enters the battlefield under your control, put two plus encounters on target bear or target bear you control fights target creature you don't control. Wow, that's so good. Now you've got a much bigger bear to fight with immediately. Yeah. Um, uh, Wilson Refined Grizzly is a 2-2. Can't be countered with uh, Vigilance, Reach, and Trample, and Ward 2. Really so good when he's Pretty five good five. when it's a 5-5. Five five. And with Ayula, it gets to plus, 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 and gets really big. Um, Titania's Command is really funny. You can play six mana to choose two of them, and you can create two 2-2 two, two green bear creature tokens for one of them, and also put two 1-1 counters on each creature you control. Yeah, it's important to note that your commander cares about base pow- power 2-2. Power two, two. So no matter how their power is modified, if it says 2-2 two, two in the lower right-hand corner of your card, it's a base power 2-2, two, two, unless mm-hmm. it's been modified by something like uh, that's made it an elk that makes it yeah. a 3-3 three, three naturally. Right. Uh, its base power is going to be what is written on the card. So even if you make those 2-2 two, 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 two bear tokens and two, put two, 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 two. two counters on them, they're 4-4s, four, the mom still sees them as choo-choo bears. Yeah, very Just powerful. as little babies that she has. Yeah, they could be like four fours because you put counters on it and mm-hmm. they're still base power and toughness 2-2, two, two, so they'll get that plus three plus three bonus when it attacks. Exactly. Yeah, Bearscape, an incredible enchantment. One in the green, eggs out two cards from your graveyard, create a 2-2 two, two green bear creature token, and a great chance to play the secret lair version That's of this. That's so cute. Yeah, hilarious. The other the other way to build this deck is with bears. Which Quote, unquote. Two- just two twos. Yeah, they're two twos. <laughs> they're two two creatures. There's lots of very powerful ones in Commander. I think you'd want to focus around two twos that are interested in attacking or give you some sort of you know value. Right. Um. So like a Goblin and Narcomancer is probably something I'd include in this deck. Oh, just mana reduction for all your girl spells. Yeah. Pretty good. It's just really good for a two mana two two, especially if it could be a two mana five five. Yeah. On occasion. Uh, Lelia, the Blade Reforge is a great one in red that allows you to exile cards and play them. So it's got card draw attached to it and it just gets bigger and bigger. Skyhunter Strike Force. I haven't seen this card in a while. I love this card. Three mana flying with melee, so when it attacks, it gets plus one, plus one for each opponent you attack this combat, so it encourages you to spread out the attacks. And as long as you control your commander, other creatures you control have melee. So, wow. The base power and toughness is going to get bumped up. With yeah, strike force. It doesn't change change the base power, but it, it'll yeah. like in addition it'll, to in addition, the yeah. pump from your mom, they'll, they'll get an two another twos, plus three plus three plus three. They'll three, become eight eights. Eight eights that were once two twos. Woo wee! Pretty serious. Yeah, eight eight is two two to a five five. It's like okay, sure, I'll take a five hit. You don't yeah. want to take three eight eights. No, that's over. <laughs> you're you're done. Uh, the other way to make this deck an absolutely lethal threat is to focus on two two tokens. Mm. Uh, the first one I thought of was Felidar Retreat. Mm-hmm. Yep. Landfall, you can create a 2-2 white cat beast creature token, or you can put a 1-1 on each creature you control in the game Vigilance. What? Doesn't change their base power, uh, but it gives you a yeah. ton of 2-2s in one card that are going to become 5-5s. Five like, if this said Landfall make a 5-5, five five, this <laughs> card is absurd. Yeah, now it's only when they attack, but yes. yeah, it's still absurd. Yeah. Uh, the other one is Fourth Aerolingus. Fourth Aerolingus. Very good in this deck. Yeah, X red, white. You create X 2 2 red human knight creatures with trample and haste that become 5 5 with your commander. And then whenever one or more creatures deal combat damage to a player, you become the monarch. So some card draw as well. Really good. Grand Abolisher. I really like this hate bear section. Yeah, so we've there's literal bears, and there's, there's figurative a, bears, and then there's hate, hate bears. Hate bears, yeah. <laughs> and Grand Abolisher is one of the best in the game. So. Yeah. These are cards that basically restrict your opponents from being able to do stuff. They happen to also typically be two or three mana and be two twos. 
Yeah, this is uh, like tutus are fa- sort of famous for being restriction. Thus, the hate bear name. Grand Abolisher uh, prevents opponents from casting spells or activating abilities of artifacts, creatures, oh, or enchantments man. during your during turn. Your turn yeah. So it says you are not interacting with me while I am casting my bears. Very good. Uh, and it attacks as a five five. Seems strong. Uh, Collector Oof turns off the activated abilities of artifacts. Oof. Exactly. Oof. Especially if that thing hits you for five. You're like, why? Why? Why is he, what is he collecting? Attack season. <laughs> Magus of the Moon, if you make sure you have a lot of non-basics in your life. Sometimes Magus of the Moon just ends the game for your opponents. Yep. If you're playing that kind of like hyper restrictive deck, like if you know this is a hate bear deck, it's yeah. going to be a more powerful version of this commander. And it's probably something that you should let your play group know. But... <laughs> It's definitely a powerful way to build this, like, silly bear. It's just to throw a mangle horn in there. Ugh. It blows up an artifact when it enters, and then all artifacts enter the battlefield tapped. For your opponents only. For Yeah, for just your opponents. This is a three-mana 2-2, two, two, so not, you know, not quite literally a bear, but he's a great hate bear. Yeah, I like I like the mangle horn inclusion a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of ways to build Discana. You could just go straight Bear Force 1 style and just go yeah. bear, 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 bear. Uh, but I love the fact that you have access to three colors. There's a lot of powerful 2-2s two, out there. Mm. And they all are pretty strong in this deck. Yeah. I love my Raga Draga deck, so this is like right calling to me right now. It's super cool. Yeah. Uh, all right. The next commander that we're going to talk about is Izoni, center of the web. And in the art, she, she's in the middle. She is in the middle. Right in the smack dab <laughs> middle of that web. For a black, a green, for a legendary elf detective. <laughs> <laughs> She's a 5-4 with menace. When she enters the battlefield or attacks, you may collect evidence for. So collect evidence for, for those who haven't seen yet, that means you can exile something from your graveyard or any number of things from your graveyard with mana value greater than four, and you'll get this Four ability. or greater, right? Yeah, four or greater. So you could do two, 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 two CMC things or two mana value things or mm-hmm. one mana value four thing or like one mana value three thing and two thing for over four as long as you get to that four number. Yeah. If you do, you make two, two, one black and green spider creature tokens with menace and reach. We got Whoa. both spider abilities now. Yeah. Pretty good. Very and then, very good. sort of the kicker on this commander is uh, Izoni has an activated ability that says sacrifice four tokens, colon, surveil two, then draw two cards, you gain two life. Four tokens? Four tokens is a lot, but this That's is a, a huge payoff, right? Surveilling two, drawing two, gaining two. Yeah. And this is something that you can repeat as long as you have that many tokens. Yeah, and the evidence for part is is huge because you're going to make at least two of them each time, but it doesn't mm-hmm. care what the tokens are, which is great. Yeah, treasure tokens, food tokens, sapperling tokens, you Insects, can keep your rats. So like there's a lot of ways to make very useless tokens. Yeah, Josh game. made a bunch in his uh descend deck from Yeah. Exelon, yeah. Those would be great to sacrifice, especially yeah, in a deck block, that's right? milling itself. Yeah, the Myco Tyrant I think is a great include in a deck like this. Yeah, so let's talk about ways to both mill and create tokens or do other things cuz you want to mill in this deck, you want to have a, a healthy graveyard that mm. is Golgari to a T. Yeah, there's no I, T in Golgari. It's Golgari not exactly a, a graveyard deck. Like it's not a deck where you want to play like Stitcher Supplier, I think, right. and mill like a ton. But incidental mill is really nice because it does mean you can keep making those spiders, and then you do what Golgari does best, right? Is just like you get access to Dread Return, mm-hmm. or you get like flashback abilities, or Exile from the graveyard abilities. Golgari is great with a big graveyard. Yeah, you're just evidencing four too, so you don't need a billion cards in there. Sometimes yeah. it can just be one card for you to evidence out. Yeah. 
So old Rutstein is one ATBs, or at the beginning of your upkeep, you mill a card, and then you get to make tokens. If you mill a land, you make a treasure. If you mill a creature, you get an insect. And if you mill a non-creature, non-land, you get a blood. Nice. A blood token. So you're almost you're guaranteed to get a token every single turn and fill up your graveyard. It's the perfect include in a deck like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, similar is Grist, the Hunger Tide. It's a Planeswalker, three loyalty. As long as Grist, the Hunger Tide, isn't on the battlefield, it's a 1-1 insect creature in addition to its other types. And you can plus one to create a 1-1 black and green insect creature token, then mill a card. And then if an insect was milled this way, you put a loyalty counter on Grist and repeat this process. Probably not happening. Uh, but you get a bug, and you mill. And you mill. You also have a minus two to sack a creature, destroy a creature or a planeswalker. And then minus five, each opponent loses life equal to the number of creature cards in your graveyard. I think that's, this is a great include in this deck. It's removal, it's mill, it's tokens, yeah. it's doing it all. It's Plus awesome. you can reanimate it from your graveyard with with a reanimate, which I always think is fun. Yeah. Uh, Nyx Weaver, I think, is a cool include. Uh, you got some spider synergy. Pretty fun. Spiders. It's one black green for a spider with reach. It's 2-3 at the beginning of your upkeep. Mill two cards. And then it has an activated ability that's one black green. Exile Nyx Weaver. Return target card from your graveyard to your hand. Yeah. Just gives you a little bit of Eternal Witness, gives you a little bit of Mill, um, and nobody's, you know, removing a Nyx Weaver. It's no. chilling and being good for you. And later on in the game, it's just three mana to get a card back. Yeah. So that's very powerful in Golgari decks. Mm-hmm. Especially um, when you have a six mana commander. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's talk about tokens. Uh, yes. It's token time, because Azoni doesn't care what tokens you have. She just wants a lot of them. So the more tokens you can make, the better. Something like a Tender Shoot Dryad that makes a Sapperling token on every single upkeep so is going to be really, really powerful. Also just a win con in and of itself. Oh, yeah. Plus um, it buffs it once you have the City's Blessing, which yeah. you better. Ophiomancer is great. Again, you can use uh, Azoni's ability at instant speed. Mm. So Ophiomancer, if you have a way to create enough tokens every turn, or even just two activations in a turn cycle, each upkeep you can create a 1-1 one, one black snake creature token with death touch if you don't have any other snakes. I like this include. It's Tainted Adversary. One and a black for a 2-3 with Death Touch. When it enters the battlefield, you may pay two and a black any number of times. When you pay this cost one or more times, put that many plus one plus one counters on Tainted Adversary, then create twice that many 2-2 black zombie creature tokens with Decayed. Yeah. Decayed is is a great way to make a ton of tokens because they did limit those zombies. Yeah, they can't really... They, they die when they attack, so that's why I've got cards like Jadar, Nightcaller. Mm, like, yeah. that card is so good, right? You're just making tokens that you're going to want to get rid of. The goal here in this deck is to get to four tokens you can sacrifice at least once per turn. Yeah, I would think so. And I, I think Pitiless Plunderer is going to help <laughs> you a lot. Yeah. <laughs> because, again, they don't have to be creature tokens. And mm-hmm. Pitiless Plunderer says whenever another creature you control dies, doesn't matter if it's a token or not, you make a treasure token. Yeah, combo this with Endear Nightblade to then be draining people mm-hmm. when tokens leave the battlefield and you've just got a good time on your hands. Yeah, I mean, if you have like, if you sack four Sapperling tokens, make four treasure tokens, sack those treasure tokens, yeah. now you've surveilled two, draw two, two surveil two, yeah. draw two, and gain, gain two. four life. Yeah. And you could keep going. Yeah. Uh, or just use those treasures. Uh, old Gnawbone's insane. It's a <laughs> seven mana, seven, seven. Whenever a creature you control deals common damage to a player, create that many treasure tokens. So if you got a bunch of zombies with decayed, if you got a bunch of one ones, you don't care. Swing a bunch of them in your opponent and you make a ton of treasures. Mm-hmm. Deal some damage. Don't care if they trade off or just die. And then yeah. you just use those treasures to either cast more things, sack it to your commander. Because you're surveilling 
going, you're going to dig through your deck really fast too. Let's not forget that surveilling adds more cards mm. for you to evidence four out. Absolutely. Which is so good. Um, well, I like Old Nabon too because you do have a 5-4 commander with, with Menace that wants to attack mm. and she makes Menace Spiders, yeah. which are two ones. So it, they're inconvenient to block. They're, like There's token decks that could probably conveniently block yeah. them. But uh, you do incidentally have a lot of power on the board with just your commander alone. Yeah. Uh, I put this one in here because I just love the Lord of the Rings set so much. Galadriel, Gift Giver, a 5-mana 4-4. Whenever she enters the battlefield or attacks, you choose one. You build a 1-1 counter on another target creature, or you make a food token, or you make a treasure token. I'll take either of them. I'll take either of them. I'll take any of them. Because it's Galadriel, (laughs) and she wants to hang out on my board state. And you're like, yeah, please. Let me me make her some space. I'm going to ask her for a strand of her hair. And then now you're making tokens in this token deck. You could argue that, yes, Primal Vigor and Doubling Season are pretty Parallel good. Parallel Lives. Yep. Parallel Lives, because now with your commander's ability, you're making those four tokens instantly, yeah. and you can sacrifice them to surveil, and then you get to do it again next turn. Good times. Anything that says when a creature dies, you make a token is going to be extremely powerful. So no matter what that token is, uh, that is where this deck really wants to live. And you're going to be gaining a ton of life and drawing a ton of cards and probably winning with like a Nadir's Nightblade or a Mirkwood Bats or something that drains the table. At the end of the day, it is an Aristocrats deck. Yeah. The only downside to Zoni is it is six mana. So you Mm -hmm. just want to make sure that your deck does stuff leading up to six. So that's why Primal Vigor is just good in a token making deck because Mm -hmm. you're going to be able to do stuff with all the rest of the cards in your deck without being like oh no my commander's not here i die which you don't want right all right we've talked about a lot of sweet commanders already we've got a few more to talk about and we will get to that after a few words from our sponsors stick around josh did you know that on average it takes a person about 30 days to break their new year's resolution that's terrible i bet with a little bit of hard work and optimization we could get that number down to like 15 days easy what no that's <laughs> i know you understand how that's wrong yes yes i do okay anyway if your resolution is to save money this year you can guarantee success by just switching to mint mobile oh yeah for a limited time mint mobile is only 15 dollars a month for premium wireless service when you purchase a three-month plan it's way better than signing up with a big wireless provider because mint mobile is never going to catch you off guard with huge monthly fees or unexpected charges plus every mint mobile plan comes with unlimited time and text on the nation's largest 5G network. You can even keep your old phone number and all your contacts. Which is great because my New Year's resolution was to keep in better touch with my friends. Ah, uh, really? Ah, uh, no. It was actually to stop eating red meat, but I've already failed. Oh, yeah. That tracks. Say, you want to go get some Korean barbecue? Oh, yeah. And I'm inviting everyone. <laughs> to get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash command. That's mintmobile.com slash command. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash command. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this 
when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Prove it! Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version. With four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight, only on Disney+. And then I'm going to flash out Illusory Ambusher. I will bolt it to draw three cards, and I will sneak attack out Triskaidekaphile. I'll go to my upkeep, and I will win the game. That was your first time playing the deck? Yeah. Well, I mean, first time in paper. I've already goldfished it like a hundred times on Architect. Their playtester is super user-friendly. Playing cards just takes one click, and you can mulligan, tutor, and move through your turns with the press of a key. There are simple menus with counters and copies, and you can take notes on cards as you play them. Architect is the best place to browse, brew, and playtest commander decks. Just go to architect.com slash command zone to get started. That's A-R-C-H-I-D-E-K-T dot com slash command zone. Oh, ho, 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 welcome back to Murders at Karlov Manor, the best, strongest commanders, or maybe just the ones we like the most. Ding, 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 ding. And coming up next, on what's behind door number three, it's Judith, Carnage Connoisseur. He's a connoisseur of Carnage. Look at this art. I've seen so much Carnage. That Carnage is not nearly as good as <laughs> this Carnage. <laughs> Did you see the carnage on September 14th? Ooh, what carnage was that? <laughs> oh, nothing compared to the October of 31st carnage. <laughs> Halloween's Halloween. always the best carnage. It was an impishly good time. It's three of black and red for three, four human shaman. Please stop Jimmy and Rachel doing that thing you're doing. <laughs> Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, you get to choose one. The first one is the spell gains death touch and lifelink. Whoa, pretty cool. And the second one is you create a 2-2 red imp creature token with when this creature dies, it deals two damage to each opponent. Each, each opponent. opponent. Each opponent. So this is sweet. I mean, whenever you cast an instant or, or sorcery spell, it either gains death touch and lifelink, which we know can be very powerful from mm -hmm. like Fire Song and Sunspeaker, can give uh, instants and sorceries lifelink. Uh, so we know that's like a popular and powerful effect. Yeah. Uh, plus death touch in the command zone. So we've seen like pestilent spirit, yes. which just gives your instance and sorceries death touch. But that's in the 99. It's harder to build around. Now Not it is in the command zone. And what can we do with it? Well, if you give everything death touch... You could do a damage to every single thing with end of festivities. Deals one damage to each opponent and each creature and planeswalker they control for one red. Board wipe for one mana. 
one-sided board one-sided wipe. board wipe you do have to be careful with judith uh there are cards like this that deal one damage to each everything creature yeah, that judith will, will kill your commander you also gain right one lifelink for, for each. each creature and a po- plus uh-huh. how many opponents you have at that time really really powerful for a single red and the thing about end the festivities is there are a lot of cards like this yeah uh like tectonic hazard does basically the same thing one damage to each opponent and each creature they control yeah like there's uh, there was more we're not going to list them here you can find them on uh, EDH rec or of course on Scryfall that is such a powerful effect and mm-hmm. such an easy thing for you to do like you're, if you cast your commander and slam one of those it's just one mana yeah that's a huge swing you attack with all your creatures you yeah. know the board is open and you got a bunch of lifelink now too yeah yeah and it's the great part is that they're all very budget friendly because they were just commons unplayable yeah. commons typically sometimes too your opponents will just have like a board of one ones yeah and you can just kill them without even needing Judith out yeah so I don't think it's a case where they just sit because you would hate to draw a hand and there's like three of these spells yeah. and you're like I can't do anything but at the same time when you play your commander you will do it and you will clear the board out at that moment yeah really good uh, I did want to mention that she doesn't work with something like Grape Shot, which is uh, the sorcery that deals one damage to any target and has Storm, right? because it will only give the original copy Death Touch and none of the copies. Because you're copying it. Yes. Uh, It is not a copyable effect. Okay, well, let's talk about Lifelink, because I think the Death Touch part of it is pretty obvious. You can give any type of burn spell and become an an Mm. instant kill spell for any creature that's not indestructible, basically. Uh, so the lifelink side is interesting. You just want to deal as much damage to anything as possible. Right. And the best one is Blasphemous Act. Oh, gosh. So on an empty board, it won't do, it'll do at least 13 to Judith. Yeah. And you'll gain 13 life. Yeah. On a board with 10 creatures, you're going to gain 130 life. <laughs> For one red mana. 130 life. <laughs> you're unkillable. I mean, that's really an absurd thing. And that wipes the board. You lose your commander, which is unfortunate. But, but like sometimes you got the board wipe, right? I, I think this deck is is probably I would just run a lot of burn spells. Like yep. obviously you run Blasphemous Act because that synergy is really, really strong. But something like a price of progress that deals damage to each player equal to twice the number of non-basic yeah. lands that player controls. Normally when you run price of progress, you're a little afraid of taking the damage yourself. Mm-hmm. But you're gaining that life back and more. Yeah, yeah. Or you're going to probably 3x it. Because, yeah. Yeah. So if you if you deal, yeah, two times, everybody's, let's say they have five, four, like four or five non-basics. Sure. It's eight lifelink each time. Each, yeah. So you gain 24 and, you lose and they eight. all lose, they all take eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you gain 32. Yeah, and you'll lose eight lose yourself. Eight. Yeah. yeah. So, so pretty 24. sick. I mean, that's solid for like two red mana and at instant speed. Yeah. I would also look into like the Toroth decks out there. Because that one is looking to do a lot of damage, overloading damage. Is that the one that Turolf, goes, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the trample damage. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also O'Hare Ashenel. Like, there's a lot of red decks that have like, hey, we just want to cast some red spells to deal damage and get some benefit. And they have the Eternal. Mm-hmm. So I would look into those categories. They're not the same deck, but there's a lot of cards that you find that might go, whoa, I'm going to go this direction a little bit here. One of the coolest ones I found was Command the Dreadhorde. This is just unbelievable. It's so good because of the way that Command the Dreadhorde is worded. It's four black black choose any number of target creature and or planeswalker cards in graveyards command the dreadhorde deals damage to you equal to the total <laughs> converted mana cost of those cards put them onto the battlefield under your control it deals damage you get the light it costs zero yeah because you deal yourself 25 you get seven things out and you t- gain 25 instantly yeah and it's the interesting thing about lifelink is it happens when the damage is dealt. So yeah. at no point do you hit zero as long yeah, as your commander is still on board. So yeah. careful. In response, careful. Path it. 
yeah, because you choose any number of targets. If they kill your commander in response, then you could just die. Yeah. But if she lives, you could reanimate every single creature in every single graveyard and for Planeswalker. How six many mana. Those and Planeswalkers yeah. for six mana. Yeah, Commander Dread Horde is like an amazing card, but you just can't play it a lot of times because you're yeah. like, I can't take 17 mm. damage right now. Or you Commander Dread Horde for like two things. Not so much fun. With Judith, you can really go big. Yeah. So I would say get an Imp's Mischief ready, a Tybalt's Trickery, mm-hmm. just to make sure you don't lose your Commander in response to the spell being cast. You're definitely going to need to be careful because your Commander is very, very important to your deck's plan if yeah. you're building around the death touch or the lifelink side of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, if, if she's not in play, then then a lot of these cards become much, much worse. Uh, so you have to be careful with that. I did want to mention that uh, Exsanguinate uh, doesn't work because it specifically says right. each opponent loses X life. If yeah. it deals damage, you'll gain the life. If they lose the life, that's something else. Damage was not dealt, so lifelink doesn't matter. Uh, you're a great candidate to talk about this card because you have a, a deck that's gre- a red-blue that plays yeah. this card. This is a, now a Rakdos version of this deck can exist. Yeah, there's a couple different Rakdos versions in existence right now. I think uh-huh. Josh has a Rakdos version. But I, I think this is sort of interesting as a Dragon's Approach commander because the lifelink from it... It sort huge. of bolsters your ability to stay in the game. So the problem with Dragon's Approach is you cast all these Dragon's Approaches and then everyone's like, make that stop. I'm going to murder you. You have to die. Yeah. And then you die because your deck is dedicated to casting instants and sorceries. But <laughs> if you're gaining some of this life back, if you're dealing three damage and gaining nine, nine then you have a lot more padding uh, to get into the late game to pull out a win with a, with your storm deck. And you get to play your end the festivities and tectonic hazards so they can't yeah. just keep hitting you. Exactly. So cuz dragon's approach you're playing those instead of removal spells, right? Basically, you're like you're yeah. basically replacing. So that's that's really interesting. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. I'll, it also works really well with uh Judith's second ability, which is making the imp tokens. Yeah, two twos when they die, two damage to each opponent. Uh oh, pretty that's a good. very powerful token. Yeah. Because it, it's when it dies, it deals six. Yeah. That's incredible. That's incredible. Uh, and it's anytime you cast an instant or sorcery, which this deck is hoping to do a lot of. I think if you're building more around that, you want to cast more cheaper spells, like mm-hmm. a lot of them. You kind of want to do closer to Josh's like Torwaki deck, where it's you're casting small thing, one small mana thing, cantrips that make two twos and keep you casting spells and making mana and casting yeah. spells and making mana. Yeah. Uh, or you're sacking them for value, like this card. It's Xander's Pact. What's going on, Xander? Whenever you don't know what a card is, it's always from New Commander. Commander. <laughs> it's so true. I love it. I loved this set. Oh, my god! Four black black for a sorcery with casualty two. Each opponent exiles the top card of their library. You may cast spells from among those cards this turn. If you cast a spell this way, pay life equal to that spell's mana value rather than pay its mana cost. So casualty two means you have to sack a creature with power two or greater. So you have an imp. You mm-hmm. can replace the imp or you can give this death touch and life link, which wouldn't make sense. So you replace the imp when you cast this. Yeah. So you sack an imp you already have on the battlefield, you do this twice, and now you get access to six spells that you can pay life to cast. And you're probably have already gained a bunch of life with your commander already, so it's very good. Pretty cool. Plum the Forbidden is easy. You just sacrifice one more creatures, and you copy the spell for each creature sacrificed this way. So one in the black for an instant, you draw a card, lose one life. So you could just do this like three times, four times, draw three cards, lose three life. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a lot of imps, and again, the imp replaces itself. Yeah. Which is cool. Uh, those, I, like I said, I think those effects go with casting a lot of small spells. So this is going to be more of a gutter snipe deck, mm-hmm. more of like a chaining a bunch of cheap things together. Or aristocrats even. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're going to be dealing more instances of little bits of damage than you are like 
big chunks of damage like Blasphemous Act. Yeah, and if you're going to be sacking stuff, then you can do the red-black thing, which I love to do, is steal a creature and sacrifice it. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, it just happens all the time. Um, and then the last way to win with this version of the imp version is just damage enhancing. Yeah. So O'Hare, Ashenil, if a red source would deal amount of non-combat damage less than Ogier's power to an opponent, that source deals damage to Ogier's power instead. So each of them now do four Every time they die. Pretty good. Four to each player. Yeah, very good. Um, and then Torbran adds two to it. Mm-hmm. Rankle and Torbran does also the same adds thing. Two. Yep. Yeah. So there's a lot of ways to like enhance that damage. And then, of course, there's the Aristocrats build, which is just like now instead of a creature dying and pinging one, it pings one and pings two because it's the, the imp that dies. Mm-hmm. So I think the real question with Judith is, do you build into the lifelink side? Do you try and split the lifelink and the imp side? Or do you go into the death touch side? Do you always have the death touch side available as your board wipes in the deck? Do you even play regular board wipes because you have your commander plus those like deal one damage to each creature your opponent's control? I mean, that's the interesting thing. I think the most powerful version of this deck runs the Death Touch things. For sure. Basically ignores the lifelink thing, and that is like a sort of a side bonus thing. You're like, if I draw Blasphemous Axe, great. If I don't, like, well. I'm just gaining life anyway. Yeah, it's all incidental, and it leans more on keeping the board clear, chaining together a bunch of spells, and using those imps to push through damage. Yeah, because they can attack too, right? After you clear the board out, you attack with your imps, and then you have ways to sacrifice them. Maybe you can just hold players hostage by having five imps out and being like, I can double the damage. Damage and you're at a point where you know, mm-hmm. if you have five imps and you're adding two to it, that's 20 damage on the board with the sack outlet. Yeah. So it's uh, especially the right sack, sack outlet, like a Phyrexian altar, is really going to oh, help you chain goodness. more and more spells yeah. together. Uh, I think there's very powerful ways to build Judith. I think her greatest limitation is that she is five mana. Yeah. And you have to get her on the board and then cast an additional thing to a make her do for anything. Removal for sure. And that thing is scary. Yeah, so, so this deck must play a Deflecting Swat, Imp's Mischief, Tybalt's Trickery. All of those are going to be really important. Absolutely. Okay, let's talk about the next one. It's the best version of this card that's ever existed. Yes! Your favorite weird detective, Melek! He's literally a weird detective. <laughs> He's a Melek reforged researcher. They keep reforging him in the hopes that players will like this well, version like of this Melek. one? Is this one better? <laughs> Instead of six mana, he's five mana. Oh, three, he's reforged. A blue and a red for a legendary weird detective. Uh, his power and toughness are equal or each equal to twice the number of instant and sorcery cards in your graveyard. Melek is buff. And then the first instant or sorcery spell you cast each turn costs three less to cast. Okay, each turn, which means we're going to talk about instants because you can do this once each turn. You play Melek, hold up some mana, and ideally cast three sweet instants on the turn cycle. Specifically, you, you're going to want instants that I think have like three and then one pip. So, so that, three yeah. and a blue or three and a red. Maximum value. Yeah. So you're really starting to cast them for as cheap as they can be, maximizing this value and doing it every turn. Yep. Factor Fiction was the first thing I thought of. Yeah. Brilliant. Just cost one blue mana. You get to get five cards revealed. And then there are two piles from your opponent. One goes to your graveyard. Pretty good for Melek. And then mm-hmm. the other to your hand. You get to have that choice. Speaking of graveyard decaying Time loop is sick in this deck. Oh, yeah. Three and a red for an instant. Discard all the cards in your hand, then draw that many cards. Retrace. Ah. So you can pitch a land to cast it from your graveyard, which means if you have a land in your hand, you can always cast this. And you're totally okay in this deck dumping your hand into the graveyard over and over and over again. Malik's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And if you have instant and sorcery payoffs like an Archmage Emeritus or Emeritus, you're drawing cards when you cast the spell from the graveyard so you're not losing 
like you're, you're trying to avoid that decaying time loop where your hand just gets smaller and smaller yeah. and smaller. And you're in red blue. You'll find ways to refill your hand so that Definitely. it doesn't decay like that each time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could just play the counterspell deck with Sublime Epiphany now costing one blue blue, making it the greatest counterspell of all time. These giant <laughs> counterspells get so much better because they're really powerful. Like Sublime yeah. Epiphany is so powerful, but six mana is a lot to hold up and your commander says six mana? Make it three and then you're going to have more mana to do something the next turn cycle with someone else. What, what are they doing on that next turn? Maybe you want to counter them with a spell burst. This is sick. This is so cool. Buyback three. So buyback's instantly free. Mm-hmm. And then it's just counter target spells with mana value cost X. So Yeah. So if they sick. cast uh, Esper Sentinel, you pay blue and one, and then you get a free buyback. Counter the Esper Sentinel. Keep the counter spell in your hand. And you've gotten your value out of your commander that turn. Yeah. Um, in general, I think X spells just feel better because you get at least three free mana into them at instant speed. A Cold Epiphany is a favorite of ours around here at the office. X in the blue, draw X, and then discard X. Create a 1-1 one, one white spirit creature token for each card among card types discarded this way. So it'll probably instant sorcery land. You make three 1-1s, one, but you get to draw three, discard three. This goes to your graveyard as well. It pumps Malik up. It really is doing everything you want in this deck mm. and gives you some flowers as well. I didn't know this card was an instant. It's sweet. Yeah, right? Uh, this probably happens after, like, you play Melek, you get your, it, like, cheap value stuff, and then you, when you untap with Melek, you cast Storm King's Thunder, which is X red red. Red. X red red red. Excuse me. Three reds. For an instant, when you cast your next instant and sorcery spell this turn, copy that spell X times. You may choose new targets for the copies. Wow. So this just says red red red, copy your next spell three, three times. times. Yeah. And when you can combine this with cards like Frantic Search, Blech. two in the blue, draw two cards, then discard two cards, untap up to three lands. So now you're just having the most epic end step of all time. <laughs> you go red, 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 and a blue. So you you Frantic Search three times, you draw six, discard six. Well, it would have to be red, 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 blue, blue two. Because it, yeah, yeah, it, it only yeah. reduces the first one. Which is fine, right? Because yeah. then you're untapping your lands three times, three times. So you can float nine extra mana if you have it. Probably closer to six because you're using the mana of Frantic Search mm-hmm. or whatever. But that allows you to then hold the mana up for the next turn with a discount. Yeah. And, and you've just drawn so many cards, discard so many cards. It's just like... up your graveyard. Yeah. I, anytime you can untap your lands on a cost-reduced spell. Yeah. Even Frank Search by itself is just yeah, one blue mana, really great. Right? Yeah. You, you cast this for blue, you draw two, you discard two, and now you're up mana for the next turn. Yeah. Uh, I think Frantic Search is sort of the perfect spell to cast after you, right after you cast Malik. Yeah. Uh, Storm King's Thunder also can just be your win con. You can crackle yeah. with power with it, right? There's a lot of different ways that you can push this into something else. Yeah, I mean, you st- I, like if you Storm King's Thunder into like a mana geyser, then <laughs> now your turn's absurd, right? Like now you've paid oh, Comet Storm! eight mana to make 400 Red, mana. Yeah, yeah. But along the untapping lines, you also have Rewind. Uh, spell Swindle's amazing. It's just I blue, love blue. Spell Swindle in this deck. Now you get to make all those treasures, and you get to use those on, on each turn, and it only costs blue, blue instead of five, because that's why Spell Swindle kind of sucked. It's five mana so Five much. mana, maybe you're countering a two CMC spell. It's like not great. So mm-hmm. two mana, regular counter spell, and you get the treasures. Amazing. There's also one that makes Thopters that I can't think of now. That's oh, yeah, three yeah, yeah, blue, yeah. blue that makes Thopters equal to the mana value. That's, that's, pretty, pretty, that's sweet pretty sweet in this deck as well. Yeah. The other thing that 
I I was like afraid of when I saw Melek was Arenicus's vile duplication. Ah, more Melics. So it was like if you play Melek and then you immediately play blue to make a second Melek. Oh, because it only costs one blue. Like, oh my gosh! <laughs> now yeah. you paid six mana. You have two Melics. They're both enormous, and every instant and sorcery you cast each turn. The first one is costs six, six less. less. The first wow-y. one. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty nuts. Uh, yeah. You probably still play your like two blue blue clones. Yeah. Like, yeah. Your, you like know, a spark, spark double, double and stuff. Three in the blue, but it's better with these sorceries that copy. Right. And this is a brand new one, too. I haven't seen this before. Yeah, it's quantum misalignment. Four and a blue, so this one will cost you two mana. Oh, no. For a sorcery (laughs) that says create a token that's a copy of target creature you control, except it isn't legendary. Ugh. Rebound. Two mana, two. If you untap with Melek, you will have three Meleks. And your first instant sorcery turn will cost nothing. That's less how to you cast. like Melek by making three of more Melek. More Melek. That is a weird detective. More buff. Yeah, the weird detective <laughs> <laughs> makes another one. Um, yeah, and then I guess ways to kill your opponents are again casting those big X spells. So yeah. you've got electro dominance to both play a card and do a bunch of damage. Scour from existence costs four now, which is it's not bad. But you have multiple Meleks and it costs like one or whatever. Yeah. And then Crackle with Power, Stolen by the Fae, makes you a bunch of one ones. Crackle with Power uh, is going to be a really big one, I think. Yeah. Like those, anytime you have an X spell win con and you can get enough reduction in there, that's going to be good. Yeah. Um, I. I I, I think the uh, a win con that I would expect out of this deck is you use all that looting and you use all those instants and sorceries and you cast an enormous Chandra's Ignition on ah, your commander. the remix. Because his power and toughness is equal to twice the number of instants and sorceries in your graveyard. Yeah, this could very easily be a 16-16, 20-20. Yeah. Because you're just churning through a lot of spells too, right? Yeah, and that's nothing. Like, I, that's having eight in your graveyard in a deck yeah. that's dedicated to this. It's it's going to be pretty easy. And we've talked about a lot of spells that puts more spells in your graveyard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frantic Search, Factor Fiction, Decaying Time Loop. All of those put yeah. more and more spells into your graveyard, which just make your commander more and more formidable. I'm forgetting the name of it now, but there's a card that's just one blue mana scry three with buyback on it too, which is pretty sweet. Uh, yeah. I mean, that seems great. They'll throw it up on screen. You can look up on Scryfall. I will say I made a Magnus the Red deck. Yeah. And then I almost turned it into an Ovika Enigma Goliath deck. Mm-hmm. Both of these decks, again, are similar enough that if you go on EDH Rec and look up those lists, you'll find a lot of different spells that tie in well with what Malik is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I like that quite a bit. Very cool. And the buyback thing is really, really powerful. Um, it Yeah. It's definitely... capsize them over and over again. Over and over and over again. Yikes. And you just keep your capsize and you only pay three mana for it. That's pretty yeah, absurd. Pretty absurd. Uh, so... And uh, you could also add in your, you know, your medallions... Yeah. You know, your regular just reduced spells by X cost. Because you're already going to be packing your deck with a bunch of stuff. The the thing about... So two things about this deck. You lose Malak, you have a bunch of four mana spells in your hand. You're yeah. not doing much. Mm-hmm. So playing other spell reduction, really important. Also, because some of these spells are now just going to be blue, 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 red, 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 you actually want to make sure that you build your mana base in a way that it doesn't have just colorless mana you might think oh two colored mana deck i can play a bunch of lands that don't tap for colored mana Mm-mm. you almost want to run chromatic lantern type effects in here to make sure that when you have that turn cycle then you're looking at your hand they all happen to be blue pips that you're yeah. not stuck being like well i can literally only cast one of these because i don't have enough blue pips to do three or whatever yeah colored so mana figuring ways around so that important. is really important treasure tokens as that as a result are really important as well mm-hmm. lands that say tap for any it's like mana confluence city of brass even though they do damage to you you're going to want the flexibility in your colored mana. Yeah.
And uh, is it, it tends to be a fairly expensive mana base. So make sure that you are fixed to the yeah. gills or really focusing on blue, like draw X spells or really focusing on red burn spells. And that way you can tilt your mana base in one direction. It'll make it a little bit cheaper. As your opponents become tilted, when you fling your 26, 26 <laughs> melee at them. Fling him I love fling. I love fling. Because fling. So Zool's Fury, one red Souls mana. Soul's Fire? Soul's Fire. Just deals like this tar- creature yeah, deals yeah, damage yeah, deals to damage, you. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. pretty sweet. Uh, I love it. Fling your weird detective. <laughs> <laughs> or one of your copies of your weird detective. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's what would be a weird thing to do. He like mm-hmm. looks at his clone and the Get out of here. Like, wait, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? He's like, I, I'm so sorry. Picks him up and just hucks him at someone. <laughs> Case solved. Speaking of detectives, this next one's the cutiest patootiest on the block. It may be the best commander ever printed. I'm obsessed with her. I think I'm going to build it. So... I so the it, we're talking about Sophia Dogged Detective, and if you haven't seen the art, you should look at the art. Uh, uh, editors, just the art, just the art, big and beautiful and perfect. Let's zoom in on the good boy. Now I just want to show you a picture of the dog I grew up with. Her oh. name is Ari. She's a Great Dane. She's exactly that color oh and my had like sort of a brindley pattern on her. Ah! So I'm obsessed with this commander already. Now let's look at the token that Sophia makes. Oh my god, it's tiny! Editors, can you now Photoshop? Rachel's dog on the tiny. It's beautiful. So this Otherwise, is use a... the theater of the mind <laughs> to imagine it there. This is a real Scooby-Doo at home uh, deck. Yeah, yeah. But... Trick Jarrett has, I think, uh, one of these as well. Yeah, They're just so big. Think. So tiny is the best name for it. Let's read the text. Yes. One, a green, a white, and a blue. This comes in the pre-con. Three, four, uh, human detective. When Sophia enters the battlefield, create tiny, a legendary 2-2 green dog detective creature token with trample. He's a dog detective. He's a dog detective. He's sniffing. His blue clues. Two abilities here. The first one is pay one mana, sacrifice an artifact token. So not tiny, thank goodness. No. Not an artifact. He's a good boy. Put a plus one, plus one counter on each dog you control. That is tiny. And then whenever a dog you control deals combat damage to a player, create a food token, then investigate. So you get to get two tokens. You get to give him a snack and a clue. Yeah. So he found the clue, so you get yeah, to give him a, a treat. Yeah, yeah. And then you sack the food. They should I, have done it in the opposite or investigate, then create a food Yeah, token. then, yeah. To feed to exactly. tiny. <laughs> <laughs> like he investigated, gave him a treat, and then you can only sack food tokens to give to them. Yeah, because so, it is weird that they're just eating all the clues. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, that's kind of a doggy's way of doing it. I that's suppose. that's true. That's what happened true. to my shoes? Uh, the first and most important thing to talk about here is the dogs. Yeah, so this is a dog deck if you want it to be. Uh, yeah. It could just be Tiny getting huge because it yeah. has trample, uh, but I think you do because it's each dog you Yeah, control. the more dogs you have, the more powerful your commander's ability is. Yeah, and it's great thinking about an army of dogs solving something together. <sighs> Pretty cool. I'd watch that movie. Yeah. Uh, so the dogs that you want to include here are dogs that support each other, like Pack Leader. Uh, other dogs you control get plus one, plus one. Whenever he attacks, prevent all damage that would be dealt this turn to dogs you control. Cool. Combat damage. Uh, yeah. He loves his fellow dog, and he will protect Tiny, and he's like a little schnauzer type thing. Yeah. Mowu, uh, loyal companion, Vigi, trample, four mana. If one or more, one or more, one one counters will be put on Mowu, that many plus one. So it just gets really big. That plus one counter synergy is awesome here. Yeah. This will be like a five, five, so seven, burly. seven, nine, nine, Vigi, trample. Yeah. Mowu's. You've seen these dogs in real life. You're like, <laughs> what the heck? That dog could why is bench your dog press me. Ripped? Yeah. Why does it have muscle definition? And why is my dog so soft? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this one's a little overcosted, but it's cool in the deck. It's four and a white for a dog. He's a two-two. When he enters the battlefield, put a plus one, plus one counter on each other creature you control. Supply runners. So the more dogs you have, the better these dogs are. 
Yeah, I like this Tanuki Transplanter. It's a 2-4 artifact creature equipment dog with reconfigure, so you can pay 3 man to attach this as an equipment to another creature. When that creature dies, it just falls off. Uh, When Tanuki or its equipped creature attacks any equipped creature, right? Uh, add an amount of green mana equal to its power, and until end of turn, you don't lose this mana. Steps and phases end. That's a good boy. Yeah, so you could just have Tanuka Transplanter and the Swiftfoot Boots out, and yeah. the, and you can attach the Swiftfoot Boots or whatever Lightning Greaves, and then Mowu is going to give you like seven extra green mana. <laughs> yeah, just put the little raccoon dog on the back of Mowu. That's and now we're so talking. cute. Oh my gosh, the now fan we're art. Talking. Um, changelings also work in this deck mm-hmm. if you want to go that direction. So Dogs ma- aren't super, super supported yet. Yeah. There's a lot of ways to make token, like there's the four mana make one, four, one, one dogs. Yeah. Like there's that kind of stuff, but there isn't as many, much support as like cats. Cats has a ton of support. So yeah. Maskwood Nexus and changeling type stuff is going to help raise the floor of the deck. Yeah. And also not to mention that Sophia is not a dog. She's yeah. just a dog and detective. So Maskwood Nexus, if you're playing other cards, which we'll talk about here in a second, that just support the creating artifact tokens theme will also become dogs mirror entity is a win con in the deck masked vandal is a way to play a dog that also allows you to exile a uh, artifact or enchantment um, realm walker allows you to cast more dogs off the top of your library so just these well, are great like dog walker <laughs> bark 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 so yeah they're changeling i think you always want to have a little bit of changeling support in yeah. any kindred type decks because it just helps out smooth your draws out and then, you know, you don't want to be forced into playing every single dog that exists because your deck will suffer as a result. Yeah, I might just play every type of dog that exists. Yeah, yeah, you could I'm, do that. I'm kind of play, like, play more bad cards rather than <laughs> changelings. But, you know, I like it that to way. To each their own. Um... So we know that your dogs can make you artifact tokens. You when, can yep. you can investigate and you can make food tokens when they deal damage. But it isn't necessarily easy to make all of your dogs connect. Most yeah, maybe you'll hit tutus. them once. Yeah, totally. They're kind of little. So I, I think you do need something that's going to start making artifact tokens before your dogs have to deal damage. Mm-hmm. So I would include some stuff that just makes junk, like a tireless tracker. When a land enters, you make a clue. Now you have a clue to sacrifice to make your dogs bigger so they're harder to block in combat mm-hmm. I like that Floodhound is a dog yeah they pay three to tap and investigate so it's kind of like Tiny's that died no well, it's not. It's Sorry, tiny, it's not made of water. It's an elemental tiny. Yeah, yeah. It looked ghostly to me when it's I looked at it. It's a water dog. It, does, it, it does look kind of dead. <laughs> <laughs> it is the same type of dog as tiny, though. I believe it looks like a. Great I think dog. this one's a bloodhound. Is it a bloodhound? Yeah, that makes sense. It's, it's a, a bloodhound. bloodhound. Yeah, I'm on it. That's all right. Um, yeah. So artifact tokens, bloodhound can do it. Gilded goose can do it. It's a bird. So it may get eaten by Tiny yeah. by accident. They like chasing them. I, I think the food is the funniest way to build this deck, given yeah. them all the snacks. I would include like a trail of crumbs. You have some like investigation synergy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But also it says whenever you sack a food, you may pay one. If you do look at the top two cards of your library, you may reveal a permanent card from among them, put it into your hand, put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Yep. Now, okay. yeah, your sack outlet becomes a card draw engine. Yeah, which you probably would need in a deck like this. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about how to just keep the party going, keep the investigation strong. Academy manufacturer, you're going to make so many tokens. You make do- six if you connect? Yeah, because you're doing it for the food and the investigate clue. You're going to get both, all three of the food clue and treasure each time. Yeah, so that's really nuts in this deck. Primal Vigor, like we talked about earlier, Parallel Lives will all double that tokens. Mm-hmm. One card I really liked in this deck is a card I play in the game. That's, it's Bernard Ginger Sculptor. Yeah, for sure. Because I remember playing Selfless Savior and then sacking it and turning yeah. it into a dog. And the dog is an artifact 
token. Because when another creature, right, non-token, yeah. dies, it becomes a copy of that creature. That's a token. That's a 1-1 one, one food golem artifact creature in addition to its other types and is a food. Nice. So there's tr- there's synergy with the Trail of Crumbs. Start feeding other dogs, dogs dog, to dogs. To- don't think about it. But they're made of gingerbread, so they're, it's okay. They're dog-shaped dog treats. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then I thought Roaming Throne would be pretty good in this deck as oh, well. Yeah. Um, because you can choose a creature type when it enters, so you can choose dog to double up any of your dog ETBs. But you can also choose human, so you get double Bernard triggers, mm-hmm. double the triggers from your detective. Mm-hmm. So it's cool because, and if you have the changelings, it doubles everything that they're doing. So I just like this card because it's one very good in commander. Yeah, it's uh, also buffed by Bernard. It's buffed it's by Bernard. It's a golem, yeah. So it's perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. Cool. Yeah. Uh, again, this is a good reconnaissance deck uh, where you're attacking with a lot of things, but not necessarily evasive things. So being able to attack with all your dogs and maybe one of them gets through, you can remove the rest from combat. Mm, nice. Get that combat damage trigger, but not risk any of your dogs in battle. Plus, it's sort of a heal. Heal! <laughs> heal! <laughs> oh, my good. I'm good. No food for me. No food for me. He'll <laughs> Um, if you do want to get them sneakily through, Herald of Secret Streams allows any creatures with 1-1 counters on them to not be blocked. So all of a sudden, the Merfolk enters, and it's like, go, puppies! And the dogs are like, what the heck? That thing looks crazy. Has <laughs> <laughs> it got fins on its head? Uh, Abzan Falconer is another good one. Creatures you control with plus plus one counters on it have flying. Like, go Falconer get that bird! And the dogs are like, we can fly! <laughs> oh, God! <laughs> drool from yeah, the drool. skies. Yeah, amazing. Uh, I also think that Toski has to go in this deck. You want to deal combat damage, totally. and it's a squirrel that they can chase. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's great. Don't they make a little, in those like dog racing tracks, do they put a little squirrel or something? It's, like, it's usually a rabbit. Yeah, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, so that's Just great. Things for your dogs to chase, yeah. It's very good. Uh, plus, Gilded Goose is kind of <coughs> yeah, works that way. Yeah, Goose is definitely that way, too, yeah. Uh, yes. Cool. So, that's Sophia. It, it's a little low power, but it's so cool. Yeah, I and, like that a lot. Yeah. Hey, I'm Nolan Sykes, a host of Past Gas, the number one automotive podcast in the world. Every week, my co-hosts, James Pumphrey, Joe Weber, and I bring you some of our favorite stories from the hollowed halls of car history. From the amazing to the weird to the utterly unforgettable moments, we cover it all. Join us as we take a look at the wild stories and larger-than-life characters behind legendary cars and car makers. So if you love cars or just like a good story, check out Past Gas by Donut Media, the number one automotive podcast in the world. Okay, the next commander that we are going to talk about, uh, Josh plays on... on uh, Spoiler game. alert! <gasps> Sorry. It's okay. I spoiled it. I don't think anyone's ever I been snitched. like, ever cared that we spoiled it early or like we're like, I'm more yeah. excited, less excited. So. I don't know. It's a really cool deck. It is a cool deck. Um, and it's the cheapest commander so far. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's also the one that died? Yep. Sorry, Tasa. It's Tasa, opulent oligarch, comma, dead. Doesn't say that. <laughs> Just a stamp over her face. <laughs> the ghosts are like, you're joining us soon. Thank you. This is one, the black and the white for a 2-3 human advisor, not a detective, with death touch. At the beginning of your end step, investigate for each opponent who lost life this turn. Whenever a clue you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, create a 1-1 white and black spirit creature token with flying. This ability triggers only once each turn. So you're looking to make your opponents lose life, each of them ideally, so you can make mm-hmm. up to three clue tokens. And then when you sack them once per turn, you're going to make a 1-1. One, one. That flies. Pretty good. Okay. So she's kind of investigating. Uh, her own death, I guess. 
Very Tesa. <laughs> uh, the main thing that you want to do in this deck is have lots of ways to deal damage to each of your opponents before Tesa comes down. So you yeah. like you want two drops that deal damage to each opponent. Uh, so I, I think that cards like Sanctum of Stonefangs is exactly where this deck wants to be. Yep. It's an enchantment. It's a legendary enchantment shrine for a shrine to Tesa. One in a black. At the beginning of your pre-combat main phase, each opponent loses X life and you gain X life where X is the number of shrines you control. Yep. Everybody loses one, you gain one, and then on your end step with Tesa, you make three clues. Pretty good. Pretty good. This next one's a really old, weird one. It's Limdol's Hex. Art's so spooky. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. the art is ridiculous in a cool way. Uh, when you're During your upkeep, it does one damage to each player, and then you can pay a black mana or three mana to prevent that damage. So almost likely not going to happen if anyone's not playing black. Mm-hmm. Maybe it will happen otherwise, but it's just another way to, again, guaranteed, probably do some damage to the... Guaranteed, probably. Do some damage to the board. It will do it to yourself, but one damage is nothing when it means you make three clue tokens at the end of turn. Absolutely. Pretty good card. Uh, for some Orzhov flavor, Blind Obedience ah. is very good in this deck, specifically because of Extort, which is sort of interesting. Uh, it says, artifacts and creatures your opponents control enter the battlefield tapped. Which is ridiculous Obviously, that's already. that's great and yeah. really, really powerful, all on its own, but it also says anytime you cast a spell, you can pay an extra white and black to drain the table for one, and you gain three. Yeah, white or black, so it's Orzhov mana. Yes. Yeah. Uh, notably, losing life, you can do it by losing life, mm-hmm. by the effects, or by having damage dealt to you. So yep. Limdol's Vault does damage, Blind Obedience loses life, so the Sanctum of Stone Fangs. They all count towards Tasa's first ability. Uh, another sweet pinger in this deck is Shepherd of Rot. Yeah, this is hilarious. I run this in Rakdos, Lord of Riots, and it overperforms every oh, time. Oh, I bet. It's... One in the black for a 1-1, one, one, tap it. Each player loses a life for each zombie on the battlefield. So if you're just against the zombie deck or a changeling deck, you're, people are going to be losing a lot of life from this. You can accidentally have your finger on a very big zombie gun. <laughs> it, is, it is each player, so you do have to be careful. But sure. uh, most of the time, you're going to play this on two. You're going to play Tesa. You tap it. You'll deal. Everybody will lose one, yeah. including yourself, and you'll make those three clues. All right, so you have a lot of artifacts that you want to sacrifice in this deck. This is not necessarily a aristocrats deck, even though it's very similar. It is an ar- artifactocrats deck, right? Yeah, or aristofacts. Aristofacts. Clues. All the clues are facts. Aristofacts. I don't know. Either one. Shadow facts. Shadow facts. Show them the meaning of face. <laughs> That's great. Uh, Uh, All right, so there's two sides to how Aristofacts Artifactocrat works. It's Aristofacts. Sorry, Josh. He came up with Artifactocrats. He said Artifactocrats. I think Artifistocrats. I already got it wrong. Aristofacts. Artifistoracts. We got it. We got it. Artifistoractofactos. Artifactos. Nope, that's Mm -hmm. just Artifacts. I think this deck uh, really wants payoffs for for losing those clues. Yeah. So you have all these clues. You're going to make a ton very, yeah. very fast. You need something to pay you off for figuring out how to sack these things. So Agent of the Iron Throne is two in a black for a background. Commander creatures you own have whenever an artifact or creature you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield. Each opponent loses one life. So it Big also thing, yeah. fuels what Tase is doing. It's best because you it does both artifacts and creatures. Mm-hmm. Nadir's Nightblade, whenever a token leaves the battlefield, each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. And then possibly the best card in the deck is Mirkwood Bats. Oh, yeah. Get them coming, get them going. Yeah, whenever you create or sacrifice a token, each opponent loses one life. So this is end step, create three tokens, everyone loses three. Mm-hmm. Sack a token, everyone loses three. 
Oh, sorry. Everyone loses one whenever you sack one, but when you make three, that's that's three really, on step. Yeah. yeah, and that's in addition to the damage you're doing uh, mm-hmm. to, in or, in order to enable your commander. Yeah. So those are the the like the payoffs. This is what happens when your engine is online. There are also in token decks, it's really important to have enhancers. So things that mm. that make more tokens, like an anointed procession, is considered an enhancer. Yep, Mondrak glory dominus. That kind of thing. Um, I really like Thousand Moons Smithy in this deck. It's a new one. It's two white white for a legendary artifact. So cool. When it enters the battlefield, you make a white gnome soldier artifact creature token with this creature's power and toughness are equal to the number of artifacts and or creatures you control. Ooh. So you're going to have a lot of creatures and a lot of artifacts, hopefully. Like so a 12, it's a very, 12. very big thing. But then it says at the beginning of your pre-combat main phase, you may tap five untapped artifacts and or creatures you control. If you do, transform it. Easy for you to do. You make three the first turn you have your commander. This as, itself is an artifact yeah. that you can tap to it as well. Exactly. Yep. So you have four already, and you could tap Tesa and do it right away. And, and boom, you've just ramped in white black by Flips into a land. Barracks of the Thousand. Legendary artifact land, tap, add white, or, uh, and, whenever you cast an artifact or creature spell using mana produced by barracks, you create a white gnome soldier creature token with the same thing. This creature's power and toughness are each equal to the number of artifacts and or creatures you control. That's cool. This is a great payoff for the deck where, like, so you're you're picking away at their life total with yeah. these little, like, drags of, of, you know, one damage here, one life loss there, a little bit of life gain. But having these, like, ten tens hit the board. Yeah, anytime you cast a creature. Yeah. You have to use use the barracks to do it, right. so you can only do it once per turn unless you can untap the land, but... That's still pretty good. It's still one of those per turn, basically, yeah. in this deck. And that it means you're creating a threat every single turn unless they answer this de- this land. That's sweet, because you have the one ones in the air. They're going to be swinging and hurting people, but yeah, they're not blocking. great blockers. They're not great blockers, right? yeah. they're mostly chumping. Now yeah. you create a 10-10 that is going to kill anything that comes at you. Stonewall. Yeah, so you have this sweet gnome on the ground and your spirit's in the air. Mm-hmm. And this murder case just got really bizarre. You're like, it was this big gnome thing, I think? <laughs> a gnome soldier. They're like, that doesn't happen on this planet. I don't think Plane. so. I've never heard of those. Yeah. Uh, another great payoff or Ugh, enhancer so in this good. deck is Thalise Reverent Medium. It's three white black for a human cleric. She's a 3-4. At the beginning of each end step, create X-1-1 white spirit creature tokens with flying, where X is the number of tokens you've created this turn. Yep. This actually works with your commander because they're both end step triggers and the lease triggers every single end step. Oh. So your commander trigger goes on the stack and so does the lease. You have your commander resolve first. You make three those clues. three clues. The lease is like, you made three clues this turn and we'll make you three more spirits. And that's if you, even if you haven't like sacrificed a clue. Right. If Next turn, spirit. sack a clue, make a spirit. The lease sees that makes another one one. And exactly. you would get the one one from the spirits being sac or the clue being sacrificed. So you're getting two one ones there. Yeah. Really, really powerful. And then you put your Mondrak in there to double the tokens. What I like specifically about Mondrak in this deck is the fact that it is also a sack outlet for oh, artifacts yeah. and creatures. So we don't think of it as a sack outlet very often, but it does have that ability, one uh, Phyrexian white, Phyrexian white, col- or comma, sacrifice two other artifacts and or creatures, put an indestructible counter on Mondrak. So that's not a great sack outlet, but the thing is it's very difficult to find sack outlets that sacrifice both artifacts mm. and creatures. Yeah. And it does let you pay a little bit of life, which you're going to be gaining with a lot of your like uh, uh, the yeah. drain effects to get those tokens off the board and make the spirits with your commander. That's very cool. 
Yeah, uh, I think Modrak is doing a lot for you. Yeah, so sack outlets, Bartolome del Presidio is sack another artifact or creature. Like you said, it mm-hmm. can do both. You put a 1-1 counter on Bartolome. Because again, a lot of times with these clue decks, you're going to have like 12 clues. And it's like, what do I do with them? You're like, I can't pay with 24, 24 mana, mana to, to draw 12 yeah. cards. Like, that's absurd. This next one is like busted, busted in the deck. Reprocess. Two black black for a sorcery. Sacrifice any number of artifacts, creatures, and or lands. Draw a card for each person. Permanent sacrifice this way. Yeah, so even if it just lands on your battlefield, you have a use for reprocess, but you're most likely dumping five, six clues into it. Yeah, paying four, sacking, like, it gives you that sack outlet, so you get all your drain effects, like your Merkwood Bats and that kind yeah. of thing, and you draw all the cards in addition to that. Yep. God Eternal Bantu does a similar thing. Oh, uh, yes, yes, great card. Um, and then finally, Ashnod's Altar probably is the sack outlet you want in this deck because you can sack one of the spirits you make to make the two man to sacrifice the clue to get another spirit. Yep. So at the very minimum, you're not keeping creatures on the board doing this, but you are able to get through your clues and dra- and at least have something to pay for the mana each time. Yeah. Okay. Nice. That deck's sweet. Um, it's a lot of really powerful engines. It, I think, it, like we said at the beginning, it looks like an aristocrat's deck, but it's definitely an artifactocrat or an aristofax, aristofax uh, deck. If you, if you, he will. is the truth about aristofax. <laughs> you want one in each year deck. <laughs> All right. This next commander. I play on game nights. Uh, And he's a big, dumb dummy. It's a big, dumb dummy. The pride of Hulkley has come to play. And it's 10 in the green. Pretty good. For (laughs) 2.15. This has to enter into the, you know, there's like the, there's a 1-1, there's a 5-6, there's like that Mm. list of the power and toughnesses. I don't think there's ever been a 2.15 in the history of Magic. I don't think so. Not that I know. Not until this prideful boy came around. This crocodile elk turtle. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, He's got a crocodile head. He's got an elk antlers turtle body. Poor guy. Poor guy. Uh, He got the turtle body. Couldn't have the elk body. (laughs) (laughs) That's the worst one. Yeah, but the turtle, I mean, you don't want like the turtle head or the turtle claws. I don't know. You could have the turtle ears. (laughs) If you think about what is the best part of each, the turtle's shell has to be the best part of the Yeah, but you keep the shell, get the leg, at least get the elk legs. No, but then it's like too much elk and it's like overpowered because the elk can run really fast now and you don't want the crocodile. It's like... I don't and, know. and then you can't swim. He oh, loses that's the good swimming. Point. You still yeah, have the crocodile yeah. head, which is heavy. And the weird. first creature ever to have swimming as one of its. No, just kidding. Pretty tough. All right, let's read it. <laughs> this spell costs X less to cast for X is the the total toughness of creatures you control. Ah. Nice. Help reduce some of that ten mana. It has defender, and then it has an activated ability that's two blue blue. That's right. This creature is Simic. Until end of turn, target creature you control gets plus one plus O and gains whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player. Draw cards equal to its toughness and it can attack as though it didn't have defender so if it hits you for two you draw 15 cards if you're activating this on itself yeah and you do have to figure out a way for it to connect because it is a 315 which is oh right gets plus one plus oh right yeah yeah which means it's still pretty easy to block yeah yeah it's very easy to block uh so i i think the first thing that you think of when you look at this kind of deck is you're like i want the cheapest creatures with the highest toughness right so you can cast this card quickly because 11 mana commander is pretty tough but the interesting thing about that is that sort of leaves you with a lot of really bad cards in your deck. Mm. You're like, I have so many two mana zero sevens that aren't very good at attacking. They don't do anything. So like it's it, it's very easy to block a one seven, right? right? Even if you activate your commander on it. So I think this deck actually wants creatures that just have high toughness sort of incidentally 
and come with evasion or some kind of additional ability. So they're not just dead in your hand. Yeah, because you don't want to just play walls and be like, cool, you can't attack me, but I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing anything. And I can't activate this ability because everyone can block it. So I think stuff like Spellskite is really good. It's a two-mana 0-4 Phyrexian Horror with a very powerful ability. It's Phyrexian Blue, colon, change a target of target spell or ability to Spellskite. It can help you dodge removal. It can also just mess with your opponent's plans because you can do mm-hmm. it for free, essentially, for two life. Someone like tries to, for instance, cast a pump spell on their creature. Yeah. You're like, nah, Spellskite's going to take that. Yeah, I'll take Later. it. Later. Thank you. I as didn't long have to as Spellskite is a legal target, it will take it. Um, and then it gives you four toughness to reduce that casting cost By while per, like actually moving your board forward. Yeah, I like that. Um, you also have Oran Frostfang, which gives the tank creatures death touch. So now it's a little bit harder to block. Mm-hmm. But, and you start to also just gain life if those creatures deal combat damage. In well, you general. draw cards if they deal combat damage. Yeah, yeah, draw cards, sorry, yeah. not gain life. Plus it has six toughness all on its own. Yeah. Uh, Cephalid Face Taker is a sneaky great card in this deck. Guess what set it's from if you don't know what it does. Nuka Pena Commander. Uh, two and a blue for a Cephalid Rogue. It's a 1-4 that can't be blocked. At the beginning of combat on your turn, you may have Cephalid Face Taker become a copy of another target creature until end of turn, except it's a 1-4 and this creature can't be blocked. Cool. So it has evasion, it gives you a little bit of a clone, and it's a great thing to give your commander's ability to. Yeah, yeah. So now it's hitting for four, you're drawing four cards, and paying four mana to get four cards is pretty good. Yeah, you don't have to copy another thing too, right? If you copy your commander, it's the legendary rule, so you don't want that. So it could just be... Uh, something else with bigger toughness and there's like for instance it could be Oran Frost well, well actually no it one keeps four. on right. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you want something with like a good ability yeah like, so a double Oran Frost Fangs sure yeah that yeah. seems great draw a bunch of cards Essior is really really good in this deck it's a two mana one three that says spells your opponents cast that target one or more commanders you control cost three more to cast so ward three basically. plus it has flying yeah so this is just an easy good creature that's gonna draw you cards without spending a bunch of extra resources yeah Okay, so this is a butts deck, and yeah. there are ways to have you assign the damage of the toughness instead of its power. Mm-hmm. So Salt Formation is like the classic one from Cons of Tarkir block. Each creature you control assigns combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power, and then you can pay a green to allow a creature with toughness or defender attack this turn as though it didn't. And then you have a random two and a green give your creatures plus so plus one till end of turn. Probably aren't going to do that. but The yeah. only time you maybe do that if you have like five creatures out, and mm-hmm. doing that actually gives you a five mana reduction on yeah. top for your commander for exactly. three mana. But yeah. otherwise, you're likely not going to activate. Yeah. Bedrock Tortoise is a new one from uh, Ixalan. It's a three and a green for a zero six turtle. As long as it's your turn, creatures you control have hexproof. Very Great. important for your commander's ability. Each creature you control with toughness greater than its power assigns uh, combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power. So it does similar thing to a self formation, but it adds an extra layer of protection. Yeah. Really powerful. Um, I really like this include here. Garolf Visionary Stitcher. We saw this on extra turns recently with an amazing deck. Mm-hmm. It's basically zombies you can draw flying. It's a 1 4, so big butt. You can pay a blue tap, sack another creature, and then you create an XX where X is that sacrificed creature's toughness. If you have this in play, first of all, it's naturally a 1 4. It's a 3 yeah. mana 1 4. You cast your commander for whatever reduction, 
you used your Rolf to sacrifice your commander, make a 15-15 flyer, Liar. and then your commander is reduced by 15 oh, already. Oh, so, so you, you can just, just cast, cast it again for green. green. Yeah, right because again, the... Com- like, oh, wow! Right? Yeah, you don't... That's the cool thing about this deck is you don't actually care if your commander dies because no, as long as you so have enough... Cheap. It's so easy to get above... Let's say if, it, if it's 11 mana then becomes 13. It's really easy to get 12 toughness on the board. Mm-hmm. If you can get to 10, you can get to 12. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you count, kiddos. You can do it. Very cool. 11 the one in that. between and then you can pay two blue blue it's hitting for 16 or whatever mm-hmm. now yeah that's amazing and then it has natural evasion and it hits for damage yeah Drolf is going to be a big piece of this deck yeah 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 uh, in addition to that you need to put some actual power on the board like if you don't find Drolf or Bedrock Tortoise or Assault Formation all of your creatures are going to have very low power so it's going to be tough to close out the game yeah but you may have a ton of cards in your hand uh, so I like the idea of including Jolrael Monvoli mm. Recluse who is a one in green for a one-two. When you draw your second card each turn, you make a cat. Sure. Uh, so that already might automatically, excuse me, puts four toughness onto the board all by itself when you draw that second card. And then it says four green, green. Until end of turn, creatures you control have base power and toughness XX, where X is the number of cards in your hand. Yeah. Now you can put a little bit of power on the board. Uh, Spell Skite yeah. swinging in as a 17-21. Yeah. Or 17-20. If you've drawn all of those cards, that will give you enough damage to hopefully take out multiple players. Yeah, so... Activating your commander is a lot. Four mana is a lot. Everyone can see it coming. So as a result, I think you want to reduce the ability spell cost as much mm-hmm. as possible. So Training Grounds is the most obvious one. Biomancer's Familiar will both reduce it by two. So it just costs blue, blue. And at that point, you can maybe activate it on multiple creatures mm-hmm. and they all can attack. Yeah, so the thing about your commander is that I think it's... It's good with defender creatures, and obviously it'll allow them to attack. I think it's better with creatures that naturally can attack. Yeah. Because you can attack with, like, I'm going to attack with my 1-5 and my 1-4 flying. Your SCR is 1-3, yeah. So yeah. They, and so, it's, you're totally fine if you just draw three off it. Yeah, and they're like, all right, I'll block the 1-4, and you're like, great, I'll activate, and I'll draw three cards off of the SCR. Yeah. And so now, if you only want to pay the mana to activate once, you don't have to, like, activate and then attack with it mm. and hope that they can't block it. Yeah. It just leaves you a little bit more flexible. That's cool. There's a new card from uh, Ixalan, which yeah. is the Enigma Jewel. Enters the battlefield tap, but it's just one blue mana, and you can pay, uh, tap it, add uh, colorless, colorless, spend this mana only to activate abilities. So it's like a soul ring for your commander. Yeah, pretty good. And if you ever do flip it over, it's got this crazy thing where it gets all the activated abilities of the exiled cards, so you could do uh, Spell Sky, a bunch of other things. Yeah, from the, the graveyard, the Jorail, the Assault Formation. There's actually a lot of things that we've talked about with activated yeah, abilities. Activated abilities, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so. then it also just, whenever you activate an ability that isn't a mana ability, you copy it. So you get to do it twice. Yeah. Put it on two creatures. Yeah. The spell reduction seems really important here. Yeah. I it, This deck is sort of deceptively mana hungry. Um, you need that blue mana to activate your commander to draw additional cards. Right. And you don't want to be spending a ton of extra mana to like make sure your defenders can attack and also make sure your defenders get through. Yeah. And yeah. it's just it is it can be a lot of steps. So you, I, you try and kind of smooth those over in deck building. All right. It's on to our last commander we're going to be talking about today. And this one's really interesting because it deals with face-down creatures. Haven't seen this in a long, long time. It is back. It's Yaris, Roar of the Old Gods. <laughs> I think that's how you say it. Uh, that sounds like the right pronunciation Two to me. red and a green for a 4-4 four, four centaur druid. Other creatures you control have haste. Kind of got some Samut vibes now. Mm-hmm. Whenever one or more face-down creatures you control deal combat damage to a player, draw a card. Whoa-ho-ho! 
Whenever a face-down creature you control dies, return it to the battlefield face-down under its opponent's control, under its owner's control, sorry. If it's a permanent card, then turn it face-up. Cool. So it comes back as the morphed or the sneaked version in mm-hmm. or manifested version, and then it gets to flip up. So if there are flip-up triggers tied to that card, then you get those as well. Yeah, so Yaris is sweet. I It, it gives you those morph caught or mega morph morph disguise size is the new one all of those uh you get to for free you get those triggers without paying for it as long as you can make sure that creature dies somehow yeah sack it lose it to combat any of those things yours doesn't help you get them into play face down which is by paying three generic mana and casting them as a face down creature or you manifest it some other way yeah yeah uh so luckily there are some cards that'll help you with uh with that Obscuring Ether is just a green mana for an enchantment. Face down creature spells you cast cost one less to cast. Very good. Mm-hmm. And then Dream Chisel. This guy looks like Sylvester Stallone playing a this card's awesome. A guitar that looks like the keytar from uh, not keytar. Looks like the keyblade. It does from Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> so it's just a weird mashup of a lot of things. But it's an artifact that says face down creature spells you play cost one less to play. So with both of these out, it costs one to morph a creature from your yeah. hand. But even the difference between like two mana for a two two from three mana for a two two is a really really big difference yeah I, I wanted to mention before we get too far into this a lot of the pieces that we're going to be talking about are available in the deadly disguises pre-con so if mm. you're interested in Yaris is his name like the car uh <laughs> Yaris does anybody Yaris. remember that I don't know uh Yaris, the Yaris commercials are burned into my really that's I funny yeah there are some car commercials burned into my brain, too. The name Yaris, I can instantly see the car, though. But it's Yaris with an I, not a U. Yeah, yeah. It's me, uh, not you. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the, the cost reduction is a really big deal. But make sure, if you're interested in this commander, get take a look at that precon. It's going to get you a lot of the way to, yeah. to this deck. Which is great, because you don't want to sit there and buy all these cards that are only for one thing. So it's easier just sometimes to get that precon and then upgrade from there. Yeah. Uh, um, plus, you get all the new cards. Great card in this deck, (laughs) yeah, exactly, is Ugin the Ineffable, which plus ones to exile the top card of your library face down, and you make it 2-2. Oh, yeah, and you get to look at it, and you get to make a 2-2 as well. But most importantly, colorless spells you cast cost two less to cast. Yes, so you can uh, morph stuff down for for only one mana. Yeah, and if you have this plus a Obscuring Aether, you get to do it for free. Nice. Yeah, very good. Uh, It's worth noting that, yeah, the exiling the top card of your library face down and looking at it, you make the spirit. That isn't the card face down. It does isn't. It's another thing. Yeah, it isn't quite the same thing, but. yeah. The being able to cast the colorless spells for cheaper is a big deal. Yeah, sorry. The exile on the card face down doesn't become a manifest creature or whatever. You can, yeah, yeah it just gets exiled that way. But and then you can you, do that with Scroll of Fate, which yeah. is a three mana, three mana, yep, artifact that says tap, manifest a card from your hand. So you can take a card and put it onto the battlefield face down. And manifested cards you can flip up by just paying the regular mana value of the spell on the other side. It doesn't mm-hmm. have like a morph cost like some of the morphs we'll talk about in a second yeah. here. Or you can sacrifice it, and if it's a permanent, it'll turn right face up with your commander. Yeah. So you could put a very expensive spell, manifested face down, sack it, and then whoop! It's an omniscience. It comes. Oh, it's not yes. an omniscience. It's a it's a red or green card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. That's <laughs> great. But it could be a really expensive. It could be a very expensive. It needs to be a permanent yeah. specifically. Yes. Uh, Ugin's mastery is an enchantment. Whenever you cast a colorless creature spell, you get a manifest the top card of your library. Great. And then whenever you, two. you yeah you get you two, and then whenever you attack with creatures with total power six or greater, so three manifested, three morphs, three whatever. You may turn a face down creature you control face up. So it seems like very good in this deck. 
I want to talk about Eudora Grave Gardener because this is kind of a funky yeah. interaction. Eudora is a four green for a tree folk druid. Whenever another non-token creature you control dies, you may return it to the battlefield face down under its owner's control. It's a forest land. So Eudora is a little funky in this deck because it's a dies trigger that sort of competes with your commander's right. uh, with your commander's dies trigger. But I think they're sort of they're good with the same cards, like sack outlets and morph creatures. Okay. So if you have a face down creature on the battlefield and it dies, you get two triggers. You get Yaris's trigger or Eudora's trigger. Mm-hmm. I think you trigger Yaris first, and it goes to the graveyard, comes back face, face down, down, flips up. up, and then Eudora's like a creature died. Where did it go? So it doesn't it doesn't trigger. Yeah. Uh, but if you have a face up creature, if you've already morphed something up, or if Yaris dies or something like that. You can use Eudora's trigger to bring to just bring the face up creature back face down as a land. And now it is no longer a face down creature, it's just a land. It's just a land. So you can if it's a morph creature, you can pay its morph cost to flip mm, it back up. I see. Which is cool. You can't flip it up for free with your commander because it's not a face down creature, it's right. a face down land. But it works with morph creatures, it works with sack outlets, and it gives you a little bit more value for sacrificing your stuff. Yeah, I like that a lot. And also, like, you want redundancy in this deck, and sometimes you may not have your commander out, but your door mm-hmm. is there, and now you have sack outlets with your morphs, you can get them back and at least get the remorph cost again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Very, very cool. So, your commander lets you cheat the flipping up cost, the right. morph cost, the disguise cost, all of that. So, the bigger the morph cost, the more powerful your commander's ability is. Right. So, you want to morph an Acroma Angel of Fury, which Big. is an eight mana card with a six mana morph cost, but you pay three to morph it. Mm hmm. And then it dies, you sack it or something, comes back and flips up, and you got a 6-6 flying trample protection from white and blue. You paid three mana for and a yeah. sack outlet. Very cool. Pretty sweet. Uh, one that's really cool in the deck is Ash Cloud Phoenix. Ooh. It's two red red for a phoenix. It's when it dies, return it to the battlefield face down. Uh, and then when it's turned face up, it deals two damage to each player. Ah, cool. So, so you can loop with this, right? You can absolutely do loops with this. It's going to be very, very difficult for your opponents to get an Ash Cloud Phoenix off the battlefield. Yeah, you, you <laughs> kill it. You have a sack outlet. You sack it mm-hmm. once, returns face down, sack it again. Your commander sees it, flips it up, does two mm-hmm. damage to everyone. And then you can just repeat that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, right? It, when it dies, you return it to the, to face the battlefield down. face down. Your commander sees it as a face down creature. And then you sack it again. And mm-hmm. then it comes back and it flips back up. And then when it's turned face up, it deals two damage to each player. So I believe that is just, with a sack outlet, a way to kill everyone. Yeah, I do think that that does loop-de-doops. Loop-de-doop-de-doop-de-doops. Pretty sweet. Yeah. And that's uh, the payoff, too, because when it flips face up, it deals two damage to each player. Yeah. So, uh, player, careful with yourself. Oh, you need to have more life. There's <laughs> I, There's the rub. Uh, careful with your own face, sir. Uh, it's ashy. I can't see. I'm dead. <laughs> I wanted to talk about some of the new disguise cards there. These both come in the pre-con, and they're going to be pretty good in this deck. Yeah, so disguise is basically the same as morph, uh, except that the creature has ward two on it. Yeah, they're cloaked. But you can still play it face down for three, and the disguise cost is basically the morph cost. You pay that much to flip it up. Yeah. Print lifter ooze one in the green for a two-two with death touch. Whenever print lifter ooze or another creature you control is turned face up, create a zero-zero green ooze creature token with trample, and then the token enters the battlefield with X one one counters where X is the number of other creatures you control. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Experiment 12 says whenever it or another creature you control tries turn face up, put plus one plus one counters on that creature equal to its power. Whoa, Sweet. Yeah. Uh, again, you can flip things up for free. So if you can do loop de doops, then uh, you're going to get a lot of value really, really fast. Yeah, very cool. 
Uh, the final thing we got to talk about is his combat damage ability. He says whenever a face down creature deals combat damage to a player, you draw a card. Yeah. That is not particularly easy. Yeah. Uh, there are two twos face down. Uh, people may blocked. not block them because they're like suspicious it's a death toucher or has yeah, some kind yeah. of ability. But otherwise, it's probably nice for you to have. They also don't want to block it because if it dies, it comes back and flips up for free. That's true. That's so. true. So maybe you do have a little bit of a natural evasion, uh, just fear factor on your commander. But I think people will just block a lot of the times too. Having a little bit of help to make sure that those two twos are, are formidable in battle and are actually going to deal combat damage and draw you some cards goes a long way. I, I like Ruxa Patient Professor in this deck. Yeah, when there is a battlefield or attacks, you return a creature card with no abilities from your graveyard to your hand, so that's not going to be Probably not going to do that. But creatures with no abilities get plus one, plus one. Nice. That's not Disguise because it's Warden ability. Uh, yes. So the Disguise ones will not, it will not get But all your morphs get buffed. But more importantly, creatures you control with no abilities assign their combat damage as though they weren't blocked. And nice. you're going to have more morphs and mega morphs than, and manifest than Disguise cards because they're For just sure. more in the history of magic that way. Muragonda Petroglyphs is doing a similar thing. Creatures with no abilities get plus two, plus two. Now all your two twos are four fours. Those are really tussling and hopefully really dealing combat damage for you. Forsaken Monument also gives colorless creatures plus two, plus two. And then when you tap a permanent for colorless, you add an additional colorless. And whenever you cast a colorless spell, you gain two life. So a lot of benefit there for that card. Yeah, it's doing a lot. So some colorless synergy is actually really good in this deck, which is cool. All right. That does it for our commander walkthrough. Rachel, let's talk about our favorite and our vote for most powerful commander. Powerful. So we talked a lot about, about a lot of very expensive commanders today, yeah. which don't tend to make the list of like powerful. really powerful yeah. commanders. A lot of five drops uh, today, but I, I and I think I'm going to kind of follow that. I think the most commander powerful commander that we talked about today is Tesa. Ah, because it's a three mana. It's three mana. Of- it's also very well supported. It makes a ton of permanents really, really fast and really, really efficiently. Aristo facts. Uh, yeah, which commander in commander people are. We're very good at turning stuff into power. Yep. Uh, I'm an is it mage? I'm going to go with Melek mm-hmm. because that reduction of three and then the addition of your Arenikes' Vile Duplication Ugh. really can power that up a bunch. And then you're just casting single turn win the spell cards. And you also have extra turn spells in those types of decks too. So I think there's mm-hmm. a lot you can do with that deck that just really pushes it over the edge. Yep. Uh, two. The wait, wait. Our, no, most, our most, favorite. How, most, I, my God, I almost skipped her. This one's easy. Yes. It's clearly the dog. It's, it's tiny, tiny. Right? It's definitely tiny. And then Sophia, Dog of Detective, but comes right behind. only because she brings tiny. Tiny, yeah, 100%. <laughs> so tiny wins best card of the year. If there was a two-mana 2-2 two, two with Trample that was it's, a Dog Detective that's mono green, <laughs> just called tiny. I'd build that. Yeah, and, uh, there may be in the future based on the response to uh, Sophia. Vote tiny. Yeah. Vote tiny for, for it's, commander. It's like for- Like if you a did, Ragavan thing. Yeah, it's like, yeah, Ragavan, or it's kind of like uh, if Boo and- Yeah, and, yeah and Boo got its own card. Boo got its own card. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're voting voting tiny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's our favorite. We vote tiny. Put the art on the screen again. Editors, do uh, it. Bark, 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 bark. Him. Slobber, slobber, slobber. I there love it. There we go. To the listeners, <laughs> which commanders do you think are the most powerful in the set? Yeah. Did we miss any? Are you planning to build any of the commanders that we talked about today? And what are the sweet cards? that we missed to include in those decks. Yeah, maybe you're the morph expert and we missed some cool nuance. Yeah, uh, never built morph, know. did my best. Yeah, very cool. cool very cool. And if you want to pick up any of these cards, I bet you do. I bet you want a tiny, at least a token. Get the token so you can look at frame it. Frame it. Put it in the frame of a jig. Uh, go to cardkingdom.com slash command. That's our affiliate link to Card Kingdom. They are our sponsor for the show. So when you buy cards from Card Kingdom, you're also supporting the content you're watching on your screen right now. You're keeping the lights on around here and you're supplying yourself with 
beautiful, sweet, delicious magic cards. So <laughs> cardkingdom.com slash command. They ship everything to you in one convenient package. Just do it. Nike is that's their slogan. So mm-hmm. Card Kingdom, you can't use that one. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Just card it. If you ever have a habit of eating your magic cards, protect them with ultrapro.com. <laughs> to make them harder to eat. <laughs> They're delicious. And you keep putting them in your mouth. Uh, <laughs> Ultra Bro. Bad dog. <laughs> no, tiny. Tiny, no. What did I tell you? <laughs> you got to put him in his sleeve to protect him from himself. Uh, uh, Ultra Bro makes the best magic accessories in the business for magic, for Pokemon, for Yu-Gi-Oh, any of the your gaming accessories One if you're piece. into D&D. They have that kind of cool stuff as well. My favorite thing about Ultra Pro is that they have all of the officially licensed art for magic cards. I play magic because we love the cards. We love the art. We're obsessed with Tiny. Put him on a playmat. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I got it. Sold out in instant. Um, So they can take all of the art that we know and love from magic and put it on playmats and on sleeves, binders, Mm -hmm. anything that you use to keep your cards safe and organized and uh, looking really great. If you're traveling, if you're coming to MagicCon, put your stuff in Ultra Pro products, protect it. So when you go through TSA and they almost dump it all over the floor, you know... At least they were in sleeves. In their sleeves. Yeah, and they looked really good when they hit the floor. Yep. And you're like, oh, but at least it looks so oh, look cool. That. Again, and then Ultra you flip Pro. them all face up. Ultrapro.com yeah. <laughs> slash command. And don't forget, Game Nights Live is in Chicago this year mm-hmm. at MagicCon Chicago. February 23rd to 25th is the convention. Game Nights Live happens on that Friday. All you need to get to the show is a MagicCon badge. So you don't yeah. need an additional ticket, but you should show up a little bit early. Every single Game Nights Live has had standing room only by the end. Don't be someone that has to stand when you could have been sitting. All but right. you will be standing because it's such a raucous fun time. The professor will be there. We'll be playing some Magic as a Gathering, <laughs> and it's going to be fantastic. So check it out. Uh, MagicCon Chicago, February 23rd to the 25th. Big thank you to everyone here at the Command Zone. Thank you to oh. Damon Lentz, Eric Lem, Megan Yip, Gaurav Galati, Jordan Pridgen, Jamie Block, Arthur Meadowcroft, Manson Lung, Josh Murphy, Jake Boss, Sam Waldo, Evan Limberger, Katie Cole, Mitch Trafford, and... How's it? It's Josh, Josh Lee Quay. We um, just traded. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Don't throw that at me. Bye. Bye, everyone. See you next time. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com. Or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. (laughs) (laughs) Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well. Whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this 
when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.